Hey, welcome to the 312th episode of The Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. I think I messed that up. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Uh, just last week, was it? I did a, a an off my mind episode. So sometimes I do just random topic. So I talked about mainly Superman. Does the fact Superman have a secret identity and doesn't tell people? Is he is that considered lying? So we just get into that topic. So sometimes I'll do that. Take one topic, just go on, ramble on, whatever. Look into like all the sides or whatever. Often I just look at like classic comic books, story arcs. I've been doing Amazing Spider-Man. I'll probably do Amazing Spider-Man this 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 week. I'm doing classic John Romita Senior era. So we're getting close to issue fifty. I want to at least hit issue fifty before moving on or whatever. We'll see. Um, and sometimes talk about like older movies, like kind of cool movies or just really weird movies that maybe I haven't talked about on the regular podcast and so forth. It's a very open, and it, I'm open to suggestions, but. If you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gmanfromheck. You can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two. That's ko-fi.com slash gmanfromheck. All right, what is going on this week? One, I am uh, getting ready to go back to school, so I've already been in my classroom, but that's that's an, another pot. That is no, no other podcast. That's another thing. But uh, the movie feature is going to be Blue Beetle. So you can hear how I felt about that. Um, yeah, we'll just save that. If you've seen my uh, Twitter post, you, you know what I thought. But I'll, I'll leave you till the end of the episode so you can wonder, did Tony like it or not? Was he disappointed? Was he like, what the heck is going on? So we'll see. Uh, we got, um, I think, two more episodes of Twisted Metal. I, I debated about doing three, but I think we're going to do episodes four and five. One episode of Harley Quinn. Um, one episode of My Adventures of Superman. So again, I think I'm a week behind it. And then um, that's it. Then comics and, and news. So let's let's get to the news. We're still dealing with the, the writer strike, actor strike, all that. Thunderbolts director Jake Schreier. He you know he can just talk about the movie. Actors can't talk about it. Writers can't. But he talked about how the movie is going to be different from. The other Marvel movies, and you know, I know we hear that a lot, and I, I do feel that a lot of the Marvel movies are kind of different. They're not all the same, you know. They kind of have uh, different vibes and, and so forth. Even like, you know, you look at like Secret Invasion. I know that that's a TV show, not a movie, but you know that had like the spy angle, the spy vibe, which is different than something like you know Guardians of the Galaxy or what, whatever. You get what I'm saying. But how this is going to be different is so even though there's existing characters. It's not really a continuation because a lot of these movies these days, they're all sequels. This is not a sequel. We know who these characters are. They're going to be taking threads of their dangling plot lines or whatever, but it's kind of going in different directions. So I I think that's kind of cool that we have these established characters, but they're not necessarily tied to stuff that happened before. We know who they are. They're all introduced, so we can just go through and just you know forward in this new direction. So I'm I'm looking forward to that and just to to see you know like Yelena and and uh, Bucky Barnes you know just to see where where they're gonna go and I'm I'm curious you know I I I was intrigued by Ghost 
in in Ant Man. So I'm curious to see like you know some updates and you know I would like to find out like what have they been doing and so forth. So so we'll see. Apple TV. So they have this Godzilla show, and I'm trying to remember when it was first announced. I'm just like. You're doing a show, and it's it's supposed to be like in now. So Apple's doing it, and it's in the legendary like monster universe thing. So I was like, how's this going to work? So we, we got a little bit of information. The show's called Monarch: Legacy of Monsters. So when I saw that, I'm like, what does that mean? And then like the main image that that will show, like the first image that you'll see, like on all the posts, is a picture of Godzilla. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is clearly a Godzilla show, but it's also a monsters show, whatever. And it's, it's going to have Kurt and Wyatt Russell. So they're father and son, but they're playing the same character. So we're going to kind of get like a flashback. Like, I, I guess we're going to get like a flashback in present day, you know, going back and forth. And it, it's, so it's different times in, in this character's life. And I, I think it's, it's like starting like after the one Godzilla movie, the, all the destruction in San Francisco and, you know, going from there. And, you know, I, so Monarch is this organization, hence their name and a title. And, you know, we're going to try to see what is going on, I guess, you know, with all. I, I, I don't really know much more than that. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to work and how it's going to play out. Uh, there's no premiere date for that yet, which I think is a smart thing. You know, especially, obviously, you want the actors to be able to promote this because, you know, they're, they're the ones, I hate to say it. But they're the ones that people really care about, you know. And yes, you need to, you need everyone. You need a director. You need the writers. You need everyone involved. But the actors are basically the spokesperson, and that's, you know, why Comic Con was just kind of weird. You know, so many people are important, but that's who, who people gravitate towards. It's a show I haven't watched. I haven't talked about Warrior Nun. I don't know anything about that. Like when it first started. I totally missed it. I somehow it wasn't on my radar. I know absolutely nothing about it. And the only time I really heard about it, I mean, I may have heard like, oh, season two's coming, whatever, but then it got canceled. And then that's when I really heard because everyone's like, you know, we have to save it and, you know, hashtag and this sort of thing. And I guess it worked and to an extent. A lot of people were upset that the show got canceled, you know, because Netflix, you know, they're, they're a business. And, and we're not even getting to how much the CEOs get paid or whatever, but, you know, I'm sure they have certain benchmarks or numbers or whatever reasons you know because there's been shows that i've watched and then they get canceled and it's 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 disappointing so that that happened with warrior nun it's coming back as a movie trilogy so hopefully that'll be cool and like i said to me i i've never watched it maybe i should check it out sometime i wish i had the time but um at least for the fans who who were just upset and wanting more at least you get three more movies so that's it's not maybe what they wanted but at least it's something and three movies you know usually I'm, I'm surprised usually it's like okay we'll give you one movie to tie up any loose ends but they're getting three movies so that that's cool i mean i i, I guess some, something worked speaking of movies what about uh spider-man beyond the spider-verse when's when's that coming out so phil lord and christopher miller commented ab- about the release date <laughs> it's coming out when it's ready that is so such a non-news post that was posted. But yeah, so originally it was supposed to come out March 29th, 2024. You know, the everyone's saying there's no way it's going to happen, you know. And and it's it's kind of good that they're they're saying, "Okay, when it's ready, it's it's ready." I don't know if there's pressure from like the what we heard about the animators being overworked and, you know, people quitting or not, you know, I don't know how accurate all that is but 
hopefully they're taking a step back because you know the the word was that they were like perfectionists uh whether it was phil lord or miller or both of them or whatever you know they're, they're like this has to be done and they're checking everything like you know right away and then so we'll see. And also, apparently, with the the home release, because I, I guess it's available digitally. Um, September September fifth, I think, is when the, the physical version is coming out. But apparently, some people have commented about this looks a little different than what what they saw. There was talk about different versions being in theaters for different reasons and whatever. And and some of it, I think, was like aspect ratio or whatever projection. But there's like other little things that were supposedly different. But I don't know if I. I I if this makes sense because apparently they said they're they're constantly trying to tweak things and there are some some things that like some animators like hey can we let's go back and fix so it's like they're constantly like going back and fixing and then there there's like some talk about like being released in different countries and different things and I don't think it was like a China or what's it like French there was like something else where there was something that they had to change or make whatever and so they're, they're constantly I guess working on it and I hope it's not like the, was it Arabia or somewhere? Um, I don't remember. But I'm curious now to see if, if I'm going to notice any difference. Because unfortunately, I only saw it the one time in the theater. I, you know, I wanted to see it again. But, um, and hopefully what we get is really cool. Because it would be a bummer if we had to... I mean, it's, it's, it's like if you want to watch the original Star Wars versions. I mean, unless you have like that on videotape or maybe Laserdisc. I don't even know if there's regular Laserdisc if it's all special edition, but it's like you can't watch the original. And, you know, maybe something like with that, George Lucas is like, well, you know, this is the definitive. This is what it should be. I still feel like we should have the option of seeing that. So like with this, it's like we should get the theatrical version and then we get the, the newly tweaked enhanced version. But it's it's we don't own it. It's not our call, so we just have to accept and just be happy to, that we have a home release version or whatever. Scott Pilgrim, um, I'm I, I am excited for this. I'm, I'm trying things like I wasn't really sure I, I felt. So we had like a little trailer. You know, it's going to be eight episodes. We have a date. It's coming out November seventeenth, so it's on a Friday. It's going to be on Netflix. I don't think I said that. But what's interesting is it's it's not going to be a direct adaptation. Brian Leo Malley said that. You know, he's like, I already wrote those books. He's like, you can read them anytime. So it's not going to be word for word. There's going to be, you know, some differences. And you know, he's like, expect some fun surprises. So that okay, that sounds cool. Because when when I heard it was coming out, you know, I, I'm excited because you know I I really love the the art style, and you know we're going to get this animation, what our anime, whatever you want to call it, and and that style. And it's it's really cool that they're getting like pretty much the entire original cast to voice the characters from the live action movie. But when, when I first heard that, I was like, well, why are we, okay, I get that we, now we get the animated version, so things can be a little different. But I was like, do we really need an animated version if it's the same exact movie, just animated? But then I was like, well, it's multiple episodes, so maybe they are going to expand. Obviously, they're, they're going to expand from from the movie. But this this is, is kind of exciting in a way that it's going to be different, that it's not word for word. Some people might be like, oh, no, I want it to be you know, true to the source. But, hey, it's like I you know, was saying before, it's not our call. So, you know, they're going to do what they feel is the, the, the coolest and the best thing possible. So the, the fact that this is eight episodes and, you know, there's multiple books. Was there eight books or six books? So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And um, I'll probably be talking about it on the podcast. I won't be talking about all eight episodes at once, obviously. But we'll see. Um, Tron 3. So 
I don't know how I feel about a third Tron movie. I, I just recently, like a month or so ago, time flies, but over the summer, I, re I rewatched Tron and I rewatched uh, Tron Legacy because, you know, it's been a while. And, and what I realized is like, man, I, you know, I Tron holds a special place in my heart because I, I remember, you know, watching it as a kid, but it, it was kind of hard to watch, you know, just a the, the the effects and everything. I mean, I could totally appreciate it. It was so ahead of its time for the time, but I was just like, oh man. And watching uh, Tron Legacy, obviously it's not the you know most perfect movie. I was actually just talking about this on, on Facebook, but when you compare it to the first Tron, it's, it is way better. And, and yeah, there are some things with the CG that could have been done differently and, and so forth, but I, I did enjoy it. And I think I enjoyed it more this recent time than when I like first watched it. I don't know how many times, I mean, maybe I've only seen it like once or twice before. I, so yeah, I, I would have, it, it's unfortunate that it wasn't more successful because I know they really put, put a lot into it and they were really hoping and then it just kind of like fizzled out. So I don't know with this, you know, and we got, I, I don't even know what the storyline is going on in, in Tron 3, you know, and we, Jared Leto's supposed to be in it and all this stuff like that, but yeah, I don't, so I don't know where it's going, and I can only hope for the best. But obviously, it's been delayed, you know, duh, because of, of the strikes. The director, I think, it was like on August fourteenth, he he put up a post saying, or August fourteenth was when principal photography was supposed to begin, and you know, he had to lay off all these people because they can't start if there's no actors that are allowed to work. And I forget who it was that was saying. I don't think it was this guy. There's someone that was maybe it was him but saying you know we we need to someone said that you know deals are made over breakfast in hollywood you know that the fact that this has gone on for so long you know that this should be resolved and it's an important thing you know he's not blaming those people that are on strike but it's just they they should be something some agreement should be reached that is best for everyone and you know it, it's just a matter matter of being stubborn and it really, it's not making the higher ups look very good, because you know whatever people want, they're, what they're due, you know what they're they're entitled to, and when you look at all the money involved, and when you know CEO salaries are put being, you know put out there, it's disgusting, the the fact that you know one individual, two you know there's so few individuals are making such an insane amount compared to everyone who, who does all this stuff. And, and I feel like I talked about, did I talk about this already? I feel like I, I just recently talked about this I, or whatever. So you get what I'm saying. Um, I, I won't go into it. I'm sure I'll, I'll, it'll come up again and I'll talk about it. We're going to hit a point soon where we're not going to get stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're going to run out. So, you know, Hollywood has a lot of stuff in the can, but pretty soon... We're, we're going to be running out of things. And, and you know, the, 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 there's all the stuff that's out. And now they're holding back, one, because they're going to run out of stuff, and two, because people can't promote it. When I feel like I'm just, like, saying the same stuff over and over again. Um, speaking of saying the same stuff, sort of. So last week, there was a rumor that Mandalorian Season 4 is probably maybe possibly going to be a movie. And I was just like, that just seems weird. But apparently now... There, it's it's not going to be a movie. It's definitely going to be streaming, or whatever. But this is based off of this podcast host insider guy. I forget his name, which I'm just kind of confused. So it's like I don't know who first said it was going to possibly be a movie, and 
I'm, I'm kind of bummed because this whole thing, I, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing a lot more rumors popping up as, as news. You know, there's, there's like some outlets start covering more. And, you know, it's something that's always been an issue because like back in, in the comic vine days when we covered news, you know, stuff would come out and then you had to make that choice. It's like, okay, here's a rumor, which is, it could be, you know, if it's true, it could be crazy or it could be awesome. Do you post about it? even though there's no confirmation or do you ignore it and wait until it's confirmed, but then you kind of miss the wave of, you know, traffic views that, you know, everyone else has already been talking about this because, you know, it, it leaked out or whatever. So it's just weird. And, and I, I do appreciate the fact that if, if this is a confirmation that that rumor was not true, you know, it, at least there's that, but it, I almost feel like it shouldn't have been mentioned in the first place, but, so shame on me for, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what I should do. Like, should I ignore rumors when I'm seeing them on, on, you know, more than one outlet? I, I don't know. Craven the Hunter, who maybe, uh, I, I, Craven Hunter is going to be on this week's secret podcast. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, next issue of Amazing Spider-Man 48, I think it is, or something like that. 47, 48. Um, but the, the the director, I just love this this quote. The, the, so for the director of the movie says the movie is a tragedy. <laughs> so if you take that out of context, as like man, this movie is such a tragedy. <laughs> it's like I I didn't delve further. Actually, I I didn't op- I didn't click on the article because I didn't I don't want to know more about this. But it's like I don't know if if that's suggesting because you know there there's been talks that this is. Which doesn't make sense if this is going to be based off of Craven's Last Hunt because you would think that this has to involve Spider-Man and there's no way we're going to have Spider-Man in this movie if this is a Craven origin. But I, I, I don't know if there's going to be some sadness or something. Something is going to be tragic about this. And I don't know if, if that's supposed to make us feel sorry for him and you know because he's a villain. And you'll see when you listen to the, to the, the Secret Podcast what a jerk he is. <laughs> and you get to hear my Craven the Hunter accent, which is, is very familiar to other accents. Uh, the Marvels, so, so they're saying that it's possible, maybe it could possibly sort of lead into like Secret Wars, sort of, because Kamala's bangle, her bracelet thing, it can like open a hole in space that leads to somewhere else. So that's something that we're going to see. And I guess maybe that could possibly. So are, are they trying to say that? I think it was a producer that for the Marvel said this or hint to suggested it possible, whatever. So is it like Kamala's going to be the reason that the Beyonder comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I am from beyond. We'll see. Um, and uh, oh, this uh, last bit, this isn't really news, kind of, sort of. But depending on when you're listening to this episode, if you listen to it right away, thank you. Uh, but it looks like Ahsoka... So Ahsoka is supposed to come out on this Wednesday, Wednesday the 23rd. But they're pushing it up because I saw it's oh, start, it's premiering earlier, <laughs> six hours earlier. So it's going to be premiering Tuesday, 8-22, August 22nd at 6 p.m. Pacific. during are Tano Tuesday because it's Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> so that, 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 that's great for me because... I'm starting school Wednesday's first full day in the classroom. You know, I got teacher work days and everything like that. So it's like, oh man, I got, you know, first day of school and then two episodes are dropping. I got to try to watch those. And 
So at least I'll be able to watch one or both Tuesday night before school starts and all that. So mark your calendar. Again, depending on when you listen to this, you may already know. But uh, that's going to be the news for the week. With comic books at Image Image Comics, we have I Hate Fairyland, number eight. And this is kind of crazy. I'm st- I guess I'm, I didn't really process what happened last issue and w- what this means. I don't say, so what's the synopsis say? Because I don't want to spoil things. Uh, they do spoil it in the synopsis, but that's just crazy. Because especially if you haven't read the, the, the first issues, but... Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm just going to say, there was a death of like a major character, huge, humongous major character. And I, I guess I, I was like, they're, they're not going to do that, but it looks like they did. It's a very interesting, um, interesting move. And, and you know, I, I applaud Scotty Young if, if this is where he's going, because it just kind of, uh, it's, I, yeah, I can't really say anything. And, and I, I hate, tiptoeing around you know spoilers because i know it must sound so annoying if you're just like just say it but this this is kind of kind of crazy so um (laughs) i do like if you're curious read the synopsis for issue eight and it is funny like the the last sentence what what they say so i'm I'm really i have a feeling that there's got to be some way that they're going to revert this the the death in issue seven so we'll see, but I, I, I'm in, enjoying this. Uh, that in in hell we fight issue three came out. I still haven't finished issue one. I, I realize I, I I keep saying it's like okay I got to finish this and issue two. So issue three synopsis: It ain't truly hell until you've got a demonically possessed ventriloquist dummy, is it? Introducing Woody. So yeah, I'll say from what I've read in the first issue, you know, we got hell. We have these different characters, like different, completely different. Like I think one was a demon, and I, I don't remember the other. And they're all in hell, and they're all. I think they're trying to get out. And um, so it's it's an interesting idea, I think, having this mix of different sort of characters. I I think they were even from like different time periods, and then just like kind of grouping together. They weren't necessarily friends, but they you know kind of saw each other around hell. So I, I think that's interesting, and I, I should go back. You know, John Lehman is, is writing this, and then Jock, J-O-K, is doing the art. So I should go back and, and try to catch up on that. Uh, let's see, we had Little Monsters Trade Paperback Volume 2. You should read that. Magic Order 4, number 6. This is 6 of 6. Someday I will I get caught up on this. I don't know. Conclusion to the last big arc before the Magic Order Netflix show appears on screens this ties together four volumes of stories and brings a shocking end to the wizard wars that have been raging in the shadows so i i'm really uh excited for the this show to see like what they're going to do with that because that should be something okay then we have the call number one so this is by kelly thompson she's uh, one of my favorite writers i i, I just adore everything and that that's not the right word i wouldn't say adore because it's not that makes it sound like everything is all cute and everything like that but i really dig how about that i really dig everything she writes i, I just I, I yeah so this one uh, let's see we have so it's kelly thompson eisner eisner winning writer and superstar artist Matia de Eulis team up for their first creator-owned work together. Something is killing the children horror vibes mixed with the Goonies-style adventure. As f- I always love these like pitches when they say it's like this and this. I I I, I love seeing he thinking about that. And usually, 
I, you know, I'll read the comic, then I read the synopsis. So it's always interesting to read it and then say, oh, that's how to compare. I can kind of see that. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Five friends set off to shoot a short film on a forbidden rock near their home the summer before they all go their separate ways. But that's not really why they're there. One of them has lied and that lie will change your lives forever. I don't feel like that really gives you a full idea, a good story, but there's um, definitely something weird that's going to be happening. And uh, I'm going to tease it, whether it's a spoiler, uh, I'm going to say possible portal. Maybe that'll uh, spark some, some interest. So uh, that, that was a, yeah, good, good, good first issue. Oh, I just realized, oh man, um, Void Rivals issue three. So I, I don't remember if I, I think I read the second issue. So this is Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo de Felici's new shared universe about a monstrous new villain fighting for their lives to return to the sacred ring. Derek and Solia face a new threat capture and they're not the only prisoners on the ship. So this is, um, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but this was like the, the Transformers thing. And it's like, what? So if you didn't know that, that's, that's a big, big spoiler, I, I guess. I don't know. Uh, at DC Comics, we had Batman Superman, World's Finest, number 18. This is uh, the first meeting of, of the two, so it kind of backs up. And what, what, I, I, I did, what I like about this is, you know, we, I feel like we've recently seen their first meetings and, you know, especially with like the New 52, you know, it kind of came up again. And so what Mark Wade does here where, you know, he he kind of addresses, you know, he, there, there's some things that are, are kind of we've sort of heard. So it's not like he's completely reinventing the wheel, but he's also acknowledge, you know, acknowledging what may have been set before, but, you know, tweaking things a little differently for this story and, and so forth. So it's and it, it is totally different. In another way, so it's not just like a just a complete rehash. So I, I think that that that's cool, and you should, I, I enjoyed this series. So even though it's not Dan Moore art in this issue, but that's fine. It, it's still good. Night Terrors. We still got Night Terrors books. Nightwing. Uh, Night Terrors. Nightwing. This um, this is this is like one of the few that I'm intrigued with, just because it's. So what we, we had in, in this, this series, Nightwing ends up in Arkham Asylum, and he's not sure why. And then what we find out, they're like, well, you killed someone. And, and spoiler, he killed Batman. But the fact that the, the, the thing that hinders this whole thing is it's not real. It's just a nightmare. But, you know, he's, he's worried about uh, Oracle. You know, Barbara sees her. You know, she's captive and stuff. And it's just... So I, I'm kind of curious with the mystery of the story, but the fact that it's just uh, all a dream, it's all going to get resolved, that kind of bothers me a little bit. The Vigil issue four came out. I realized I don't think I read issue three, so that that's um, quickly. If you're reading it, let me know how it is. Cause I, should I go back and catch up? Uh, Night Terrors with Catwoman, I did not read that. Hot Girl number two. I don't remember Hot Girl number one coming out. So I, I did skim through issue two. I was like, because you know, I like Hot Girl. And it was interesting. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way or anything, you know, because this could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending. It kind of had almost like an early 90s vibe, not like the the late 90s, like the the extreme, you know, everything like that. But it kind of had this, this old school vibe to it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, I was, I was a little confused since I didn't read the first issue, but... 
It was, it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, there was Night Terror's punchline. I, I'm just like, no, I, I can't read that. Tales of the Titans, uh, number two, features Raven. So this was a, a, a good story. Uh, I was a little hesitant because I was like, okay, is, is this something that I need to read? Is it, you know, is it going to matter and stuff like that? But it, w- it was a, a, a good story, you know, looking back and seeing kind of Raven, you know, even though the Titans are all here, Raven kind of takes the spotlight as she's like going on her own mission and everything like that. But there's some connections with, you know, conversations she had with others and, and so forth. So that, that, that was a cool story. Uh, Night Terror's Wonder Woman. I flipped through that and I was like, no. <laughs> Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker number four. This I'm I'm loving this whole subsection of Batman DC its own little universe or whatever, and um, yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy, you know, because uh, so basically, <laughs> I feel like there's so much to discuss, but like the computer essence of Jack Napier Joker, you know, he he goes off with his kids, him and Carly's kids. To kind of show them around, because he he's not going to be around much longer, because you know the the program's going to corrupt or whatever. But then you know they get mixed up in all different things, and and things just get more and more confusing. And uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, Night Terror Superman number two. This was okay. The only reason I would say it's okay, what made it you know, readable for me. Cause again, I'm not enjoying these night terrors. And if you are, that is awesome. I, you know, no judgment. you like what you like, but what, what I did enjoy about this was the fact that we had car, we had Supergirl. you know, she's having her dreams, her nightmares, but then she realizes hey, that this is just dreams. What am I doing? And she's able to kind of bust out of her nightmares into like Superman's nightmares. And then she's joining up with Kal-El and everything like that. So I, I just, I, I've said it so many times. I feel like Supergirl is just like so un- underrated, like unused. It's like, why don't we have like a really cool, you know, kick-ass Supergirl series? And so it was cool seeing them t- together. And then there's more about this Marilyn Moon Knight. I'm not really sure what the deal is with her. You know, this cowboy um, vigilante, you know, lady cowboy, whatever you want to call her, that is in Metropolis. So we'll see where that, that's going to go. And then, um, oh, there was a Penguin number zero. I was like, wait a minute. But this was a reprint of a story, you know, Chip Zdarsky story. Because I guess there's a Penguin series coming out. I don't know. And I think that was all the DC books this week. Okay, then at Marvel, we had Alpha Flight number one. And I don't know how I miss. I, I guess because I don't read the synopsis, and and you know, Marvel sends me the synopsis, you know, to, to post, you know, embargo and all that. I if I had more time, I would like. I, I say I don't know if I. I mean, I th- that used to be such a a fun thing to do. You know, we we would look at it. We'd we'd get the synopsis. You know, get ready to post them and just look for any tidbits, like anything new and exciting. You know, that's going to be announced in in these synopsis but at the same time i don't like reading the synopsis early because i don't want to be spoiled about you know like oh so and so is coming back and this you know this issue and everything i want to be surprised because i you know i want i want to enjoy it as a fan you know not just you know for reporting sake so um i didn't even realize there's an alpha flight comic coming out alpha flight i feel really bad because i feel like they're like such an underdog how many volumes of Alpha Flight have there been? And it seems like, you know, the, the original series was a hundred and something issues. You know, that that's that's a lot. And I mean, these days, 
you know, a series is lucky if it gets to, you know, 12 issues or 20 issues. So I always marvel, no pun intended, when, you know, you have these long running series and, but we've had so many Alpha Flight series that just didn't last. And I don't know what it is. You know, there are just some cool characters. I don't think it's, a, and do, are Canadians not into comics? Are they not reading the, are they not buying? Why isn't Alpha Flight selling? I, I don't understand it, but now in the wake of you know the fall of, of Krakoa, fall of X, all that stuff like that. So with mutants being outlaws, and that that's an interesting thing, which you know it kind of like oh yeah, that's right, because Alpha Flight isn't a team about mutants. They came out of the pages of Uncanny X Men, but they're not mutants. There's only been you know a couple here or there. So it's interesting that with the Canadian government or like, you know, in conjunction with our neighbors to the south, you know, we're going to kind of join forces and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it turns out Alpha Flight's like, we're on board. We're going to, you know, you detect the mutants, we'll hunt them down for you. So it's like, that's kind of a jerky move, right? And then they end up uh, kind of facing off against other former teammates. So it's like, how's that going to go? So I, I, I enjoyed this first issue. And uh, fingers crossed, I, I, I do want it to do well. Then we have Dark X-Men number one. And this was another one I didn't realize that this was coming out. And what's interesting, actually, I'm curious what the synopsis is for this one. Because what we have is Madeline Pryor kind of taking the lead. So the, the demon limbo whatever embassy is still uh, is allowed to run or exist in new york city which is weird mutants can't but uh, a hellish whatever dimension embassy is okay welcome to the dark x-men hope the world survives experience following the explosive events of the hellfire gala madeline Pryor realized the world needs x-men now more than ever which i think that's cool madeline you know she's been through so much. I hated the whole Goblin Queen. It made no sense that she would go to such extremes. Maybe her her crossover with Spider-Man, you know, maybe that the the outcome of that had a positive effect on her. She's still doing some hardcore things. You know, some methods are kind of questionable. But, you know, if she's like, we, we got to do the right thing. And because Jean Grey apparently supposedly died during the Hellfire Gala, I don't buy it. Uh, you know, she's like, you know, the world needs X-Men now, especially, you know, Jean's not here or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Madeline Pryor realized the world needs X-Men now more than ever. Havoc and Gambit have served on the team before, but never one that looks like this. And how does gimmick breakout, breakout star of Marvel's Voices Pride fall under the Goblin Queen's sway? Find out the most horrific installment of the X-Men saga yet. So it, it was a interesting first issue. And, um... Something happens to one of the characters. I'm like, um, um, you, you, you can't do that. What, what does that even mean? So I don't know. We, uh, let's see. Then we had Daredevil. Daredevil issue 14. So Chip Zdarsky, the end. But of what? A life, a love, a marriage? Matt Murdock's time is Daredevil? Or the latest and greatest run in one of Marvel's most celebrated sagas? All of the above? So that really doesn't say much, but it's a uh, yeah. Because I I'm maybe this is Chip Zdarsky's last issue. Because again, I don't know anything since I don't read ahead. But it was um. There's definitely some weird, unexpected things. Because you know, Daredevil died. Spoiler. <laughs> so, sorry if you're not completely caught up. But it's just like, wait, how? Wh what? Uh huh. So there, there's like something 
happens here. But I mean, Electra is Daredevil. That's that's how it is. She's the only Daredevil. So that's all I'll say. We have Death of the Venomverse number two, which um, I didn't read. Is that Flash Thompson on the cover? I, I just I can't read that. Uh, let's see, there is Ghost Rider. Uh, oh, this was I didn't read this. Ghost Rider seventeen. So this is a continuation of the Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance. That the first part was last week. I I might skim through that. I I don't really. I don't. Maybe not. Um, there is Groot. I'm not reading that. Uh, Contest of Chaos Iron Man. Uh, is this an annual? I, I tried reading this. This I didn't like the Contest of Chaos with Spider-Man and Wolverine, but it, it's basically the same thing where, for whatever reason, Storm and Iron Man end up together. And we'll, the one thing that bothered me, which I know it shouldn't, but it's like, wait, Storm's here, so this is before Fall of X. What's going on? Well, uh, she's supposed to be on Mars. Why is she on Earth? And just don't worry about all that stuff, you know, because it's just for the sake of this, this crossover story, whatever. And, you know, things have to happen for them to get angry and start fighting. And then, you know, who's, who's going to win is, is the basic type of thing. And, uh, who's setting this up? What's the purpose? All that blah. Um, there's Loki issue three. I'm just, I, I looked this, you know, we have Hulkling and Wiccan. So I was like, Oh, you know, that's interesting. You know, I, I love the Dustin Wynn covers, but I just haven't been super crazy about the first issue. So I was like, I don't know if I want to read this issue and get that. Marvel's voices, x-men uh, number one so i haven't really been reading these issues and so i was like well i, I there was one I, maybe it was a it might have been dark x-men where they, they they alluded to a story in here which i think it was mentioned in the, the synopsis so i did i was like okay i'm, I'm i'll read this I'll, or I'll skim through it and again there was nothing that felt like huge I mean, there, there's like a, a, a Gambit and Rogue story, which which was, it was, you know, it was, it was a nice story. I'll, I'll say that. Any huge implications? No. But it, it was, if, if you liked the characters, it was good. Um, I enjoyed that more than the, the, re the recent or the current Rogue and Gambit series. I, I'm not, dig I wasn't digging the first couple issues. There's a, a Jean Grey, Emma Frost story. So obviously this takes place before. Um, this, this was a, Another fun, fun story. Nothing really huge. Then there is a, um, I think there's an Iceman story, which I, he's like in some bar. And um, I think, I don't know if it's on a rock, a rock or whatever. Cause I was like, who are all these other characters? I, I don't care who they are. I don't want to know. There's a, a storm. Wait, was that the same story? And then there's a Jubilee story, which I was like, I didn't know who some of these characters were. Yukio, I think is in here. There's a Mystique and Destiny story. And then there's a, just a very brief Professor X. So nothing super like compelling, I hate to say. So I don't know. Spider-Man issue 11. If you are curious about the Spider-Boy story as it unfolds, you're, you're going to want to read this. You know, there, we do get some more more background, more insight into who is Spider-Boy, what's the deal? Because, you know, Spider-Man's like, you know, you're crazy. It's like, I would never have a kid as a sidekick. What are you talking about? So uh, Spider-Boy, I almost call him by his name. It's not a spoiler, but in case you're not caught up, 
you know, he's, he's trying to tell Peter like some like different things. And uh, so it's, it's interesting seeing like these flashbacks, like how they first met or what this or that or whatever. So I'm, I'm curious where, where that's going to go. Um, Darth Vader 37. This is one of the dark droids story. It, this was okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the dark droid stuff. And it feels like this is a super long crossover event because you know, it's, it's going on for you know, a couple months or whatever in like all the Star Wars books. So it, it just, I, I think part of it is because it's part of a bigger story, it didn't feel like a whole lot happened here. It's just like little bits, you know, because we still have the same thing. Like, oh, these droids have taken over the Star Destroyer or whatever. But it's like nothing's really going on. You know, we have Darth Vader still trying to uh, figure out, you know, his connection to the Force after, you know, the recent events where think his connection kind of got messed up. And does he have full control of it or not? And yeah, so it was just... Mm. Then there was Uncanny Avengers, number one. So, again, fall of X, uh, things are a mess, mutants are outlaws, and, um, you know, there's uh, Osiris, Orcus, Orcus, you know, they're, they're still doing some bad things. Now, what's interesting, and they don't tell us here, so I'll, I'll tell you that right now, because the, the, the big question, if you've been reading this, is like, who the heck is this Captain Krakoa? Captain Krakoa was Cyclops' secret, like, identity that he did for whatever reasons. And Captain Krakoa attacked or tried attacking the White House during the Hellfire Gala. And, you know, so that that caused some problems. But obviously it wasn't Cyclops because Cyclops was at the, the Hellfire Gala. So who the heck is posing as crap Captain Krakoa and why? We, we get a little flashback where we see um, uh, the other Mr. Sinister, the other, I forget what they're calling him, and MODOK. So they, they awaken someone whoever this Captain Krakoa is, and they're like, oh, we better get him a costume. And someone's like, I have just the one. So we don't get to see who this is. And um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a juicy mystery now. Because before, when, when it was mentioned, like, oh, Captain Krakoa, you know, I was like, whatever. It's just, you know, they didn't really think twice about it. But now the fact that we see it's supposed to be someone, maybe. So I'm really curious. And, and maybe it won't be that exciting. You know, my, maybe it'll be a bit of a letdown. Maybe not. But, you know, since it's Jerry Duggan, you know, I, I have faith that it's going to be cool. So so we'll see. And uh, it's it's interesting. People are talking about Captain America with this team. If you look at, like, some of the members, so he's on a team with Deadpool. And, and they've, they've worked together before. Deadpool has questionable means. But we also have Psylocke, you know, Quanon. She is, um, she's not happy, you know, because... You know, her, she's got the, her soft spot, whatever, is, is children, you know, because she lost, I think she lost her child. Is her child still around? I don't remember. But, you know, mutant children were killed, disappeared, you know, what's going on. And she is, when, you know, she's attacking the mutant oppressors now, she's not using her psychic blades. You know, she's using actual blades. And so it's like, is Captain America going to go for that? And, you know, because she's like, I'm not going to compromise my my methods, my tactics. And and he's basically, spoiler, because I, I saw someone else spoil this. You know, he's just like, you know, do what you got to do type of thing. And um, so I, I know people, some people aren't going to be happy with that. It's like, well, is, is Captain America condoning, you know, just violent methods or actions or, you know, killing or whatever? But, I mean, it is basically a war. You know, it's survival. And the thing that bothers me about all this is just how easily, I mean, uh, yeah, this was in motions for a while, but it just feels like 
just people just turned on mutants like so suddenly and to go to such extremes where it's like we're we're deporting you off the planet you know we're going to send you to mars because your genetic makeup which that just seems like you know that that seems so much more extreme we're going to put you in a concentration camp it's like no we're going to ship you off planet that just seems crazy and, and people are okay and just the fact that yeah it just it, i mean maybe People, the general populace isn't aware of the extreme nature of some of the... I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. Uh, what if Dark Moon Knight? I, I don't like... I missed the, 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 the telling, the titles where they actually tell you what's going on. What is cool about this is it goes back to um, a certain point in, in Moon Knight's history during like Mark Spector Moon Knight. I don't remember if it was an annual or whatever. And, and then events kind of veer a little bit off of there. So things kind of take this dark turn, hence the darkness, whatever. So what's going to happen? And, and we get this other story. And, and you know, but it's nice to go back to that, that, that time period. So we see Marlene, we see Frenchie and, you know, with Moon Knight and, you know, just to see how this plays out. And there's like Bushman. If you're a fan, I hate Bushman, but you're not supposed to like him. So it's good to see him here and everything. So I did enjoy that. Um, just because it's Moon Knight, I was a little, I was a little concerned because I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm protective of the Moon Knight stories, and a lot of times we get these random Moon Knight stories, and I'm let down because my expectations are high. But uh, I, and I, I, the fact that we're gonna have a what if Moon Knight, I was like, this is just gonna, they're gonna go for like the certain extreme, you know, whatever. I, I feel like they did a good, good job with that. Then there is a x-men days of future past doomsday number two so you know the story you know where things are going it's, it's cool to see certain things fleshed out you know with the first issue i was kind of like i was a little on, on the fence it's like you know is this necessary you know what we're seeing and then just seeing how things expand more so that that's kind of cool because there's like some things like i remember the part where like when rachel talks about like what happened to professor x i remember that scene vividly and that hadn't even happened yet. So it's, it's kind of cool that we're backed up and, and we're, you know, seeing, you know, things play out. So yeah, it's, it's, it is weird. And it's, it's, it's almost like more disturbing as, is because when we had the original story, it was shocking. Cause I, I remember when I found those issues in the, Oh man, thank goodness. I found those in the back issue bin. Cause you would never find those these days at whatever decent price I paid. You know, it was not much. But I just remember, like, oh, this is so crazy. This is so cool. And so now, to, you know, but it happened, like, boom, boom, two issues, done. We hardly, you know, really got to see, you know, we just got such a quick glimpse. So it, it's it's kind of disturbing now, even though I feel like we've visited, revisited this, this story, this era so many times. But seeing it play out, like, slower like this, is it's more disturbing, if that makes sense. Um, and then the last one I did not read, um, x-men red issue 14 so i just yeah i i just don't like the sorry i don't like the the mutants on mars and there is some like fall of x stuff happening here but we'll see so uh well we'll see what else is going to happen on the podcast because that is going to be comics for the week okay my adventures with superman season one episode seven kiss kiss fallen portal Clark takes Lois and Jimmy to the farm, shows them the, crypt the big Kryptonium chip. Jimmy starts like freaking out because they're standing on a spaceship. And Clark says to Lois, he's like, I know I lied. He's like, I can't erase that. And she's like, then we start over. And she's like, hey, big guy, I'm Lois Lane. She extends her hand. She's like, what's your name? 
And he's like, Clark Kent, sometimes I go by Superman. And then he takes her in his arms and they like float above the ship. And, and then she's like, wow, that seems like a great name given to you by someone especially talented. And she's like, where are you from? You know, where do you come from? He's like, uh, outer space. He's like, what planet or where? I, I have no idea. Then she's like, well, what can you do? He's like, well, I'm, I'm still figuring that out. Then she's like, why did you bring me here? Really? He's like, I brought you here because there's no bad guys, no robots, and absolutely nothing to interrupt me when I ask you this. And he's like, Lois Lane, will you go on a date with me? So then later at their apartment, Jimmy comes out. He's like, have no fear. Your wingman is here. He's like, let's get ready for tonight. And Clark's like, he, he's got this. At first, I, I thought he was had like a big, what he called an investigation board, because he doesn't want to call it a murder board. It's like, he's like kind of floating. He's got all this stuff out. And... Uh, He's like, Jimmy, great timing. He's like, can you help me chart out the dates? And he's like, what? He's like, ah, he's like, this is our first official date. So I plotted a route and timed it because I'm taking Lois out for the most romantic evening of her life. So I'll fly in and pick her up at 645. The cherry blossoms in the park bloom at exactly 7 o'clock. So we'll have 15 minutes to get to the romantic rooftop view, which will save her for uh, 31 minutes before flying to Lois's favorite restaurant at 750 for our 850 p.m. reservation and then coffee at 930. And Jimmy's like, so you finally got a date? with a girl of your dreams and your first move is to make a flowchart. He's like, and a map. And there's like a map of the city pinned to the ceiling. Jimmy's like, well, you know, it seems like you're putting a lot of pressure on this. And Clark's like, well, it, you know, it has to be perfect. Lois deserves it. You know, one night with no talking gorillas or freeze ray bank robbers, just me and her. And he's like, oh, I, for I forgot about the swans taking flight at 745. Jimmy's like, well, have fun losing your mind. I'm going to go hang out at Lois's where it's normal. And... At Lois's, you see, she has a map of the city taped to the window. And Jimmy's like, nope, she lost it too. And she's like, Jimmy, great. She's like, I think I figured out the perfect gift for Clark. And Jimmy's like, oh, a collection of crazed notes written on loose leaf paper? She's like, no, 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 no. It's like, his past. Every time I, I've hit a block, Clark's been there for me, you know, in one form or another. So, you know, she wants to give him something in return. She says, you know, she can't fly or fight robots, but investigating, finding answers is what she can do. So she says she started her research and she's going to crush it and meet Clark 10 minutes early. She's like, now if you'll excuse me, then she's like, ah, sweatpants. She's like, I left my dress at the dry cleaners. Jimmy's like, and there it is. So she grabs a dry cleaner ticket and they brush out. She's like, oh no, I'm going to be late. So right outside the apartment, there's like this green light. And we see what it looks like. At first I was like, are these three robots? Or, you know, they're, they're looking at, at Lois and Jimmy as they rush off. And then you like a readout screen. It's like target match with, you know, Lois in a, like a little window thing. At Clark's, he thinks that he's finished with the planning. And then he's like, no weird Superman stuff to ruin it. There's a knock on the door. And there's this blue skinned little dude with like a ponytail and a, a cape. And he's he's like, he's, it's Mr. Mix, Mixia's Pitalik. He's like an interdimensional peacekeeper. And I need your help. Clark shuts the door on him. He's like, nope. He turns around, but he's in his apartment in front of him. He waves like a badge in, in his face. He's like, I'm charged with the safety of the multiverse, son. He's like, so I need you to put on your suit and come with me. Clark's like, okay, look, I'm not Superman. I'm just, then Mixius puts, uh, puts up a finger and then he finishes. Mild manner, Clark can want to be a reporter with superpowers. He's like, nice try, sport. But Clark is Superman in almost every reality. Snaps his fingers. And, you know, his costume is, is on there. And then he's like, on this Earth, Earth 12, Earth 50, Earth 508. Each time he snaps, it, the costume changes for each one. 
And he's like, how did you, how, how did, was I a crab? It was like the last one. But there's also like the animated, Superman animated series version was, was there and uh, other ones. Mixias Pitalik says, there are infinite universes out there, pal, and infinite Superman. But I'm here because Lois Lane is in danger. You're Lois Lane. He snaps and then Clark can see like in, in the mirror. She's been kidnapped by a gang of interdimensional criminals. So the four are like standing like over like bounding and gagged Lois. He's like, these people are ruthless, but if you're sure you're not Superman, and then Clark changes into Superman. He's like, where is she? He's like, I can get you to their hideout, but uh oh, it's it's got measures to stop me from portaling in. You have to, you know, break through their security. And so now Superman's like, whatever it takes to save Lois. And Mix is like, I knew I could count on you. You're the dependable Clark. Now let's go. Opens a purple portal. They get like sucked in. Then we see Clark's cell phone on the floor. There's a text from Jimmy. It's like, Lois is late. I'm with her now. So if he's with her now, how is she in danger? So they're running through an alley and Lois is like carrying her dress in like a dry cleaner bag. And she's like, good, gives me time to change. Then this yellowish portal opens up in front of them. The four criminals are standing in front of them. You know, they got these helmets and everything. One steps forward and is like, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen of Earth 12, you need to come with us. And she's like, why? Who are you people? And she's like, Lois Lane? I'm Lois Lane. So the, the lead one removes her helmet. And she looks like maybe like a slightly older Lois. She's like, and that's Lois Lane. That's Lewis Lane, L-E-W-I-S. And it's like, we are the, the League of Lois Lanes. And your Clark Kent is in danger. And she's like, huh? But there's like a fourth one. It's like she didn't introduce her. Superman and Mixia's Pitalik go through their portal. Superman lands on his back. He's like, where are we? He's like, hey, are you okay? And Mix is just like panting. He's like leaning up against the wall. He's like, I'm fine. He's like, I'm just not as strong as I used to be. And then he's like, this is the kidnapper's lair. They're, they're inside and so is Lois. Quick, she doesn't have much time. So Superman rips open these massive doors and then he gets hit by this like giant four-legged robot or something like that. And Mix is like, ouch. He's like, ah, you got to watch out for their guard dog too. So Lois and Jimmy find themselves on this big kind of like futuristic spaceship or something. Jimmy starts freaking out when he looks outside and they're like, welcome to the flagship of the interdimensional peacekeeping force, the league of Lois Lanes. We were founded by Lois Prime. And you see like kind of a class, almost like a Max Flesher version, like classic Lois, is, you know, she's shown on the screen. The first Lois to discover the multiverse. And we see her like diving to the ocean, swinging on a vine, doing all this different stuff. We protect every dimension, recruiting only the best Loises to help. So then another one says, usually after our first Pulitzer, around our 21st birthday, and Lois like, oh, um, I'm I'm 23. So you were reporters before then? Then Jimmy gets in the face of a, like a black Lois. He's like, so which Lois Lane are you? And she's like, my name's Jelana Olson. And Jimmy gasps. And you know, she's like, and unfortunately, it seems I'm you. He puts uh, she puts her her hand like on his face, like you know, push him back. So he's like not in her face. And she's like, many Olsons are also part of the league. This brings us to why you're here. Puts up an image on the screen. This is Mixia's Pitalik. He calls himself a chaos god. We managed to disarm him, but as we're, we were taking him in, a portal opened to a previously unknown universe, yours. He escaped into it. And then we see this like Lois with like a metal arm and like some scars on her face, almost kind of like cable, you know, like whatever. She like grunts. She's like, if I ever get my hands on a jerk who helped that gorilla and, and the brain who opened that stupid portal. And Jimmy cuts her off. And he's like, oh, why do you need us for, for this Mr. Mixia's Pitalik? Then angry Lois yells, because your Clark is helping him. The regular Lois, she's like, what? She's like, Clark would never help a bad guy. 
angry Lois just like scoffs. Leader Lois is like, no one is saying that, but we've tracked Mix here. And now your Clark and Mixie are, are missing. She's like, Lois, we need your help. And, she, and, and they're like, to find him, of course. I'll do what, what I do best, investigate. And then she's like, ow. Angry Lois like plucked a, a hair from her head. The computer analyzed it. Leader Lois says, once the scanner analyzes your dimensions tachyons, we'll be able to find your Clark. And then Lois, regular Lois, she's like, oh, that's what you need. Good, great. If it, it helps Clark, then Angry Lois is like, you have no idea what you're dealing with, do you? Then Leader Lois gets in her face. She's like, not now. Lois and Jimmy kind of give each other a look. The leader like chuckles, is like, give us a moment, will you? In the meantime, make yourselves at home. Jimmy's already like running, you know, out to check out the place. He's about to go through this one door, but leader Lois stops him. And she's like, just not in there. She puts her hand on a, on a scanner and it locks the door. And regular Lois just like kind of like eyes her. It's like, hmm. Mixes Pitalik marvels over all the stuff in this room during it. It almost looks like a museum or something. Clark stumbles in and Mixie's like, he hands him a sack. He's like, you smash, I grab. And Superman's like, wait, are, are, are you robbing this place? And he laughs. He's like, no. I was like, of course not. We're robbing this place. Superman tosses the sack on, almost like it was like full of bugs or something like that. He's like, what? No. And then he's like, hey, look, there's a good stuff. And as he goes, he kind of like bumps this like counter thing like that. And Superman catches his case and it has like Dr. Face helmet in there. So he zips after Mixes Pitalik. He's like, where is Lois? He's like, oh, Metropolis probably. He's like, how should I know? He's like, oh, Cosmic Rod. Well, that's what Stargirl uses. He's like, flight ring. He's like, ah, there we go. And there's this case with like a tape recorder. He's like, Lois was never in danger, was she? And Mix like rolls his eyes. He's like, no, Lois was never in danger. I deceived you. I lied. He's like, why? He's like, because portal-proof vaults are a huge inconvenience, and you are very strong, but you're not the quickest guy from planet Krypton, are you? He's like, what, uh, uh, Krypton? Is, is that where? He's like, help me break this glass. He's like, no. He's like, oh, that's okay. He swings a cosmic rod and smashes a case, grabs a tape recorder. Superman flies in front of him and heads as he's like going for his corridor. He's like, stop. You are going to put that back and I will turn you over to whatever authorities deal with you. And then Lois and I are going on a perfectly normal date. He's like, normal? You are never going to be normal. He's like, I have seen countless yous and it's your fate to always be different and weird and alone. And you may be stronger than me, but can you stop me? He's like, I think, and then Mix like groans and he falls flat on his face. He's like, you're not okay. He's like, no, I lost something dear to me. I'm less than I was, but strong enough for one last trick. And his hand turns purple and the portal appears like beneath both of them, shoom, they fall through. Jimmy says, he's like, now would be a great time for his latest Flamebird update. He's like, this week's episode is definitely going to be about the multiverse. John's like, wait, you're Flamebird? Out of all the Olsons in the multiverse, I've never met another one. And Jimmy's like, oh, what's the coolest thing you've seen? Mine was the decaying remains of a secret government laboratory that definitely did not have a gorilla or, or a brain in it. So Jelan is like, telepathic horse. She's like, I'll show you. And then three Lois is like, no, don't make us watch. It's like, no, not again. They're like, come on. Jelana like turns on the holo screen with like her and her horse or like, you know, kind of like head to head. And she's like, ha ha, it's time, bird leavers. And she, then she starts like listing all these different ter terms for horse. And she mentions Comet. So I don't know if it's supposed to be Comet to Super Horse, whatever. Meanwhile, regular Lois is sneaking around. She goes to the locked door. And it, this is what I was thinking too. She puts her hand on it. 
it unlocks the door because she's also Lois. So it's like if Lois can lock it, Lois can unlock it. Then she's like, all right, what are you hiding? So it's this big room. It's kind of like a circular room almost. There's like this big computer console and there's like a giant screen. Then we see a uh, Mixia's Piddle dossier like comes up. The computer reads the next one. Lois Lane, Earth 52, multiple award-winning reporter. And the next one's like, Earth 24, received key to the city at 19. It's next, you know, Lois, Earth One, ready to meet with Dad. And then, then the next one, she reads, Superman file, X, redacted. What does that mean? Computer's like, restricted, accessed at headquarters only. And Lois is like, so where's headquarters? Then the muffled voice of, like, leader Lois is like, everyone downstairs. So Lois, like, runs out, locks the door. Leader Lois, like, looking at the computer screen, she's, and she's, it says, analysis complete. It's like, we found Mixie and Clark. They just jumped to Earth-14 after robbing Earth Prime Space and Superhero Museum. There's like a shot of Superman like opening and you know, ripping open the doors. Angry Lois is like, I knew it. And regular Lois is like, no, this, this has to be a misunderstanding. You know Clark. You're Clark's. You know we'd never do something like this, uh, right? Angry Lois is like, maybe you don't know Superman as well as you think you do. And later, leader Lois sets the ship coordinates to go after them. So Superman and Mix just put a like drop out of a portal. They kind of go into this like desert landscape. There's like giant like bones and, and stuff like that. Mix just says, uh, it's like the scene is set. All we have to do is, and he like coughs. <laughs> He's like, oh, is wait for them to show up. And Superman's like, wait for who to show up? So there's a giant windstorm and uh, the League of Lois's ship comes through like this giant portal. And Superman notices that Mix just put a like is making a getaway. On their ship and their viewport, it shows Superman like zipping away from them, so it looks like he's running. Jimmy asks regular Lois, he's like, so what do we do? And then he sees angry Lo Lois loading like this big white gun with like some greens on there. And he's like, what are those? And she's like, the only thing to take down a Clark. Regular Lois is like, what do you mean take down? Leader says, neutralize the Kryptonian. He's too powerful to be given the benefit of the doubt. Regular's like, no, it's like, I won't let you do this. And she's like, we know, shoves regular Lois back a little. It's like glass tube kind of like drops down over, like seals her in. And then she's like, you didn't grab us to help you. Angry Lois points a gun at Jimmy. And leader's like, Lois, you're not league material, but you're enough like us to cause problems. And she's like, keep them separated. So they leave Lois and they take Jimmy through the portal. Leader tells Jelana to watch Olsen because he could be trouble. Mixius Pitalek is happy to see them. He's like, but there's something wrong with this picture. All these Loises and not one Clark. Then Superman pops up behind him. He's like, got you. So angry Lois is like, it's him, fire. The three Loises start shooting. Superman grunts and starts getting like, kind of like the, the green vein marks from whenever he's infected with kryptonite. So they both go, they fall, they go tumbling down this hill at the bottom. Superman looks at his hand. There's like, even like little green crystals are forming on his palm. He's like, what is this? Jimmy calls out to him, but John is like, like, no, Jimmy. And he's like, I thought we were flame bros. And she's like, I'm sorry. Superman grunts and groan, and then the leader says, like, the Clark is neutralized. Now for you, criminal. And then she's like, what? Spread out. Mixius Pitalik is, is gone. So he somehow, he, he got away. So he still has some of his illusion powers, and it's like, we don't stop until we find. And then the ship takes off. And Jimmy yells, our Lois is still aboard. So Superman's eyes go wide, even though he's like in pain. So he flies up, but he just he goes after ship, just misses grabbing it as it goes, as a portal closes. And he like falls to the ground. He's like, no. Leader tells Lewis to rig their gauntlets to pierce the space between worlds. It's like, you know, because they can't let Mix get away. And she says that, you know, she'll keep an, an eye on Superman. On the ship, 
mixes you know, Pitalik relaxes like in the, the captain's chair and you know his celebration is cut short by the sound of like a rifle it's regular Lois so somehow she got out and she's like you've got exactly 10 seconds to turn this ship around he's like oh come on he's like I went through some really excellent lies to avoid this exact scenario and he's like caught by participation trophy Lois the computer's like coordinates requested league headquarters master key required Lois like wait league headquarters you know where it is he's like I don't but Lois Prime did, which is why I nabbed her recorder. She's like, you're not going to try to stop me? She's like, the other Loises are hiding something about Superman. So you're going to take us to HQ and I'm going to find out what it is. So Mix is like, you met a Legion yourself and the first thing you did was suspect them of lying? Lois Prime would have loved you. And she's like, and why is that? She's like, because she didn't trust anyone either, which is why she kept a secret backup master key. And now I know which Lois you are. You're the fun one. So this portal opens, bright light. They arrive at like the space station and they are in this big, huge, massive like hallway. And there's like holo statues of Lois. And again, we see like the Superman animated series, Lois and just like different versions and stuff. And she's like, this place is beautiful. Mix says, is like, oh, it's a little pretentious for my taste. And she says that she knows that she can't trust anything he says, but she might as well as ask. She's like, what do you know about Clark? He's like, lots, but it'll be way more fun to watch. You figure it out. They go through these giant like sliding doors and the place is massive. It, you know, like goes up, there's like all these levels. And he's like, here you go, the knowledge of the multiverse at your fingertips. She types in Superman file X, this floating orb pops out. And she's like, this is a file? She's like, how, how does it work? And she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Mixie's like trying several doors with like the master keys like bzz, bzz, and finally one opens like full of weapon. He's like, sorry, fun Lois, it's been real, but now it's time to take back what's mine. So he floats up, he grabs this like purple derby, which is like typical, cause he does not look like regular Mixios Pitalik. The derby looks like his regular hat. So he, he, he takes it, he places it on top of his head, but then it, like, it morphs into this sort of like gold, like headpiece thing. And then now he has three eyes. Cause he had like, he almost had like a crystal like on, on his, his forehead, but now it's like, like an eye. He's like, I'm back. And he starts laughing. Several purple portals open up all around him. Lois, you know, tries running, but then she runs into portals. She ends up falling, but then she falls into another portal and she like lands on the floor. Mixpitalik says, now I'm going to need to get you off my back. He chuckles. He's like, all of you. He scans like the key card and then the levels and, and the place start like changing to red because there's like like this greenish light to everything but now it's like they're turning red yellow portal opens up superman jimmy the three loises and jelana appear uh leaders like holding a rifle at superman's back mixie says like oh look it's the league of loser lanes getting in my way the leader says he's got the hat they move towards him with the rifles mixie starts making like duplicates of himself they start all shooting like purple blasts at the, the Loises. Superman's like shooting his heat vision while, you know, the Loises are shooting their, their rifles. Then Superman flies up to Lois. He's like, I'm so glad you're okay to regular Lois. And they, they're both like, I'm sorry, I ruined our date. And Superman's like, no, Lois. He's like, this is my fault. I wanted to give you a normal first date without any Superman weirdness, but I, I ruined it before it even started. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, I'm sorry. I've seen the, the files. I'm literally the worst Lois in the multiverse. He's like, no. And she's like, you're better off with anyone else. He's like, Lois, you're the only Lois for me. She's like, I'm annoying. He's like, you're dedicated. I'm weird. She's like, you're amazing. I love going on adventures with you, Clark. He's like, I love your brilliance. She's like, I love your kindness. And as I say this, they're getting, their faces are getting closer and closer. He's like, I love, I love 
smooch. And there's like literal like fireworks behind him. And Jimmy butts in. He's like, hey, not to be a bummer, but uh, could you stop making up before the chaos god blows us up? Mixie's like laughing. Loses are shooting. He's like flying from portal to portal. Then Lois, she's like, regular Lois, she's like, I have an idea. So Mixie's still laughing. And then he's like, huh? He, he ducks as like Superman flies at him. He's like, enough of this. Superman flies and then mix ducks or he like teleports. And then Superman shoots like heat vision. But then Mixie makes like the portal that sort of the beams come behind Clark and hit him from behind. He falls. He's like, goodbye, dependable Clark. Hello, Mixia's Pitalik, god of chaos. He's like, you're not strong enough to best me. He's like, but I am strong enough, and groans, for one last trick. So Lois reaches into a portal, removes Mixia's Pitalik's hat from like behind him. He loses like his third eye, and he, he turns, he looks at Lois, and then Jimmy dives through another portal and tackles him. And then duplicates fighting Lois's like start disappearing. And Jimmy holds on to like Mixie, like he just has a, like a tight grip on him. So the hat gets locked up again in that, that little shelf room. The computer's like, self-destruct, deactivated. We see mixes in like handcuffs. The leader tells him like, it's over. And he's like, and as for you three, and she's like, where'd they go? Jelana's like, sorry, Captain. He's like, they grabbed a gauntlet while we were busy. The computer's too fried to find their universe's coordinates again. So the leader Lois is like, ugh. She's like, let's just put this one in confinement and call it a day. And then we see Jelan is like, she's activating a gauntlet like behind her back. So she like let them go. Superman falls out of a portal and he, he catches Lois and Jimmy as they fall. And Jimmy's like, yes. He's like, you can always trust the flame bro to have your back. And he's like, what time is it? Lois is like, uh, 9.30 p.m. So Jimmy's like, oh, he thinks like, he's like so tired. He's like, oh, better go. Bye. And then, he, which leaves the two alone. He kind of peeks out around the corner for a second, gives a thumbs up and then leaves again. And Superman's kind of like sweating a bit. He's like, uh, uh, so uh, Lois, he's like, it's it's too late for dinner, but I was thinking, she like kisses him. And she's like, treat me to coffee tomorrow, small bill. It's only 9.30 p.m. <laughs> Lois enters her apartment. She kind of like dances around. She goes to the couch, like flops forward on it. And then she realized she still has the, the file X orb. And she's like, huh? She's like, how do you work? And she's just like, she kind of accidentally taps it with a finger. This holo display appears. And then she sees like a Superman with like a serious look. And she's smiling at first, but then she sees Superman uses like heat laser vision. He starts chopping down buildings. He like blasts at people. He's like, they're like running and screaming through the street. The image kind of flickers and shows like other evil versions. And Mixie's like somehow there. He's like, have you figured it out yet? And she like gasps, she's like, and she's like, weren't you in jail? He's like, I was, it didn't take. Besides, your drama's too fun to miss. She like looks at the holo. She's like, is this some kind of trick? He's like, oh no, it's a truth. Just like not every Lois wins a Pulitzer. And she's like, not every Superman is good. So the orb opens and then there's like a shard of kryptonite inside. You know what? I'm assuming that's like a green crystal. Mixie has put like Snickers. He's like, this just got interesting. And she's like, what is it? He's like, sorry, it'll be much more fun to watch you figure it out. Ta-ta! That's the end of the episode. So things, things just really got crazy. And I have to say, this the, the pacing in the show, because, you know, this is, what, the, the seventh episode? And it's like, so already, you know, Lois and Jimmy know Superman, you know, his Clark's secret. And, you know, so now he finds out he's from Krypton. We got the multiverse. We got Mixia's, just like, things are just, just going crazy. So that's that's the end of the episode. Okay, then with Harley Quinn, season four, episode five, getting ice stick, don't wait up. I still don't know 
what that means. Getting ice stick, don't wait up. It, it is mentioned, oh, I'll get to it. And anyway, so it starts off, we see Jim Gordon, he's he, <laughs> he, a former commissioner. He's at a snowy cabin. He's with his ex, uh, Barbara, so Bab's mom. Then he, you know, they're like in front of the fire. He mentions that, you know, Mayor Joker disbanding the police force and forced him into retirement. But he's like, but I'm like a phoenix rising from the ashes and it's driven me back to, you know, them back together. And she's like, I can't wait to make love to you for the first time in 20 years. And and then his phone buzzes and he's like, oh, I, I should probably see who that is. It's an unknown caller. He, he answers it. Turns out to be Nora. She's like, this is Nora Fries, executive assistant to the CEO of Legion of Doom. And she's like, charmed, I'm sure. He's like, I'm charmed. He's like, what do you want? And she's like, well, the LOD needs a security guard. And I found your resume taped to a dartboard at Noonan's. And like you see, like under work experiences, like, you know, GCPD, it lists uh, commissioner. Then it's like, catch bad guys, send bad guys to clink. References, Batman. <laughs> Skills, super brave, really strong. Mustache, a little math. Can type with both pointer fingers. And it's like, notary license expired. And so Nora's like, so do you want the job? He's like, yes, yes. He's like, oh my God, thank you. I was going crazy in retirement. Passionate lovemaking with the woman of my dreams is too much pressure for this old sack. And he ends a call. Barbara's like, what's going on? He's like, duty calls, mon chéri. He puts a coat on like over his rope. He hops on his, on his snowmobile. He's like, woo, Jimmy G's back, baby. And he starts driving off and Barbara calls out. She's like, how am I supposed to get down from here? So I guess the pressure is like he didn't want to, he wants to be back with his ex-wife, but there's too much pressure. So he's welcomed this. Nightwing, Batgirl, and Robin are standing on top of a building looking down. Then Harley like kind of biffs Nightwing on the back of the head with the guest binder. She's like, remember, remember this binder from when we fought the, the Clegg B&B guest? It's like, that was amazing. I, I mean, you know, look, it still has some of Jonas's pubes on it, which is gross. And Batgirl suggests, she's like, maybe, you know, you should focus on the mission. She's like, I was thinking that too. And she's like, wait, where are your guys' friendship bracelet? Nightwing's like, we're not wearing them because we're not friends. We're just super people who fight crime together. So they jump down to take out the out this like alley full of thugs with like bats and stuff like that. They have the, the thugs have the bats. And she yells, she's like, of course we're friends, just like my old crew. She's like, Batgirl, you're King Shark. Robin, you're Psycho. Dr. Psycho, because he's probably short. And she's like, uh, and Nightwing, you're a clay face because uh, what a drama queen you are. And he's like, stop talking while we're fighting. And she's like, see, such a clay face. She goes after this guy down the alley and he like throws a, a crowbar, she dodges. And then, you know, he, he goes and he's like enveloped in the darkness. She's like, I never realized how bad my night vision was until I started sneaking around in the shadows with you. And then, <gasps> she's like, it does explain why I went down on Ivy's armpit. And she's like, eh, she still got there. And Batgirl yells, she's like, Harvey, watch out. The dude's running back at her. And then, you know, he's about to punch her. She dodges, she kicks him. And then she turns in and she bumps into Robin. He's like, like, hey, dude, he's like, watch where you're going. And she's like, okay, okay, I see what's going on. You haven't let me into your hearts because my eyes suck. And 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 she like hit, like touches Nightwing's stomach. He's like, don't boot my tummy. And then this thug like runs at them with like a pallet over his head. She's like, I'll protect you. She leaps, but then she like smacks and, you know, she flies into a pole. And you can see when she falls back, there's like a black eyes like, like forming on her face. So she like blinks as the three are standing over her. And then she blinks again. There's like a, a, a blonde doctor like standing in front of her. And she's like, the LASIK went great. Your night vision is now 20-20.
And, but it's like, I, it, 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 I didn't catch it at first, but then when Harley opened her eyes and we see the docs, because she has blue eyes, but her eyes were glowing red for a moment. And she's wearing a Supergirl shirt under her, her white doctor's coat. So it's Supergirl, duh. You see, she's got like the red boots and everything like that. So then Harley's like, thank you for the hero discount. I can't wait to surprise the Bat family with my new eyes. If they see how far I'm willing to go to be better, maybe they'll reciprocate and wear my bracelet. And Kara's like, mm-hmm. We called your emergency contact to pick you up, but her assistant says she was unavailable. She also said, parting my hair like this makes me look matronly. She's like, but she couldn't see me, right? And Harley's like, oh, yeah, Nora. She's like, let me try Ivy. She holds up her phone. She's like, it's like she's having a hard time, like, reading it. And then she's like, call, and she's like trying to type, call soulmate, peach emoji, sweat droplets emoji, devil horn smile. And then she gets Ivy's voicemail. And it's like, you know, blah, 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 leave a message. But remember, this could have been a text, which is so true. And Harley's like, she must be stuck in moon customs. And Kara's like, is there anyone else that you could call? And she's like, yeah, I got a list a mile fudging long. So she calls Nightwing. He's like lifting a barbell, like a dumbbell or whatever in the back cave. He's like, where are you? And she's like, I'm at the doctor's. Guess what kind? He hangs up on her because he probably thought, whatever. So she's having a hard time, like, reading her phone. You know, she's, she's like, well, I'll call Batgirl. It's, like, kind of blurry. You know, she can't really see. She's got, like, the, the big sunglass, you know, after eye surgery thing, whatever. But she ends, she ends up calling Bane. Harley, I'm so happy to hear from you. I'm having quite a time getting to Italy. He's actually like in customs and his suitcase is being searched. And like this officer's like, sir, we'll ask you one more time. Why won't you take off your mask? And then <laughs> Harley's like, uh, yeah, I actually didn't mean to call you. And he's like, don't hang up. I need you to tell Nora that. He's like, cursing. He likes curses. Harley's uh, later, we see her sleeping like in a waiting room and car comes out. And says that you know she'd better find someone else to pick her up, or they'll be forced to reverse her surgery so she can get herself home. She dials back, girl. It rings. It rings, and she's like, "I've been abandoned at the Legion of Doom." Villains clap for Ivy when she walks in. Captain Cold's like standing next to Nora's desk, of course, because you know he's been flirting with her. He's like, "There is a woman who conquered the moon." He's like, "Saw you with Steppenwolf," and you know there's like gift baskets waiting for her. She asks Nora, she's like, what I miss? She's like, I don't know. She's like, I thought when you were off, I was off. Lex comes in and like makes this joke. And Ivy says that uh, he looks taut. He, his hair looks spiky. He has like little, 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 doo, 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 like just a few strands of hair. It's like less than Linus, you know, from Peanuts. And she's like, and your cheeks are very high up, which you know, he's got really high cheekbones now. And he's like, get over here, girly. And he hugs her. And he's like, you killed it at the conference. And she's like, really? Because you seemed a little mad when you screamed at everyone to get off your moon. He's like, oh, sudden rage is a side effect of forcing my body to accept Falcon DNA. It's like, I came here to help bring you to the next level. I'm gifting you my PR team, the Johns. So there's, there's four of them now. And she's like, uh, I don't think I need a PR team. You know, the work speaks for itself. So then Nora's showing Jim around. He's wearing like this blue security outfit. And she's like, now that I've introduced you to redshirt guy, computer dude, and guy who doesn't know I hate him. He's like, hey. She's like, I can show you the best part of the office because it's where I need to go to refill my coffee. So they're at the kitchen area. And he's like, great to be back in an office. Sure, bad guy HQ, but a paycheck. No matter who signs it, it's the most fulfilling thing a man can have in his life. He wonders like what all the gadgets are for. And she's like, oh, it's just junk LexCorp made. There's like a cloning machine and this a black hole something or whatever. And the three young people walk up. He's like, who are they? And she's like, oh, that's Ivy's mentees. 
she's and then it's like very stylish like as they're, they're walking like slow motion and then their, their names come up with like fancy logo it's like you got the rocks one which is tara so nora doesn't know anyone's names you got the fire one and then like volcano that comes up and then and the little swampy one and it's like tefe which is a swamp thing in abigail howland's kid so it's very stylish or something like that then nora yells at jim she's like hey watch your elbow because he had on the slow motion machine he's like oh that was me so that's why they're walking in slow motion Ivy tells her mentees, they're like, you know, like a, the, the boardroom, whatever, meeting room, conference room, you know, they're putting on these t-shirts. She's like, you're a team now and a team deserves a name. She's like, also, sorry about the shirts having a basketball on them. I just couldn't figure out how, how to make them without a template. So, and then it says like natural disasters on, on the shirt. She's like, it's time for you guys to make your big public debut. So she asks them like, what ideas have they thought about? Uh, Volcana says that there's a network of dormant volcanoes beneath Gotham and she'd like to activate them. Then she's like, and we, we could toss uh, pervy celebrities for a photo op. Now, when she says toss in, she said t- we could toss in pervy celebrities for photo op. I don't know if she meant like bringing celeb- pervy, bring celebrities to the event for photo ops or actually tossing them in the volcano and then taking pictures of that happening. So Ivy around a whiteboard, she writes, activate dormant volcanoes. And then Tara's like, earthquake bingo. And Ivy's like, um, okay. She's like, can you elaborate on that? And Tara's like, no. Tefe said that he's been working on his access to the red, which they he explains for the sake of the people who don't know. He's like, the force that connects all animal life. <laughs> he's like, I want to repopulate the sharks in Gotham Bay, restoring balance to the sea life and ruining everyone's summer. <laughs> Ivy says that she loves these ideas. She's like, okay, we need to find a way to weave these ideas together so it represents all of you as a team. And then the, the Johns barge in and call out. It's like, emergency. They pull her out and she tells her mentees. She's like, keep working on it. It's like, uh, I'll talk to you, you know, soon. Someone finally shows up for Harley and Kara's like, like, oh, like, thank God you're here. It's like, please take her home. Harley like thinks it's Barbara, but then she's like, wait, who are you? She's like, I'm Alicia, Babs' roommate. So they, they actually brought in Alicia from the comics. And then she's like, Babs has a roommate? So in the car, Alicia says, she's like, I never thought when I saw 17, 17 desperate texts and voicemails from swim team Harley on Babs' phone that it would be the Harley Quinn. She's like, if this was a year ago, I'd be losing my mind. He used to be this totally kick-ass queer villain, and now you're in the Bat family. She's like, I used to look up to you. And Harley's like, really? And Alicia's like, I have a framed photo of you killing a guy with a, a, a Kai, a Kasi bowl. I forgot how you say that. She's like, you were always so you. It really helped while I was transitioning. Then Harley says, she's like, well, I'm the one who should be disappointed. Where's Babs? And she's like, Babs will be back. She's always disappearing for a day or two at a time. She's like, where am I taking to you two? And she's, Harley's like, to the Gotham Zoo. I need some help from a couple old friends. So then she shows up to the Bat Cave and she has her hyenas. And she's like calling out Nightwing, uh, Babs, or, or Batgirl, Robin. And Nightwing runs up. He's like, what took you so long? She's like, meet two special friends of mine, my new and improved eyeballs. These peepers can now fight crime any time of day. He's like, Batgirl is missing. And she's like, oh. So Ivy asks the John, she's like, what's the emergency? He's like, it's you. You're a disaster. She's like, what are you talking about? I was a huge hit on the moon. I mean, look at all these congratulatory gifts. Someone sent me a contagion in an orchid. So one of John's says like, who cares? He's like, villains are already your base. He's like, what about the rest of the world? You said you like your coffee black? Honey, you just lost the almond milk market. 
then they say that they're there to help her. One says that you know she hasn't posted since 2017 when she said, I want a bagel. She's like, it was for a free bagel contest. And one of John's like, that you didn't even win. He's like, you know what would make you a winner? New hair. Another one's like, would you wear a wig? And then another one's like, a big one. And then uh, the fourth one or whatever is like, how attached are you to the top 10 layers of your skin? So she says that she loves getting her appearance critiqued, but she's got to get back to work. They interrupted her when she was with her mentees. And she's like, yeah, plural, I have three. So one says, influencing the next generation is totes crucial, babe, but three people isn't a good use of your time. Imagine mentoring three billion people. And she's like, but billion, like with a B? They say that all she has to do is like a few small things or whatever. So then uh, she's doing like this photo shoot and she's, she, you know, th- she says, thanks, you know, it was fun. And you're right, you know, wearing a gold underwear makes me feel more confident. But she's like, all right, but are you sure a statue of me isn't too much too soon? Then they mention Santa. They're like, that pasty bitch is everywhere. Does anyone ever say it's too much? And then this other one is like, takes out his phone. He's like, there's a, a poll in the Gotham Gazette and statues are extremely popular across all ages. So Har- then we see Harley's vision is still kind of blurry at that. So I don't know if it's like the near far, near sighted, far sighted, whatever. Because uh, her like seems like a, her depth perception off, whatever. Nightwing says that you know he can't believe that she went in for cosmetic surgery. You know he's had an ingrown toenail for six years and he's never even changed a bandage. And he gives her a look. He's like, it's disgusting, and it is disgusting. She's like, okay, Robin's not picked off. His mommy took him to do poisons training. And I talked to Alicia, Batgirl's roommate, and she says that she always disappears for days at a time. He's like, yeah, to be with us. And Harley's like, ah, fudge. She's like, all right, what are we going to do? He's like, oh, what are we going to do? What are, ah! He's like, my book of clues. The hyenas are chewing on, on his binder. He's like, did you put them up to this? Are you feeding Ivy info? And then she's like, I left a pillow top Callie King and my one true love to live in this creepy mansion. She's like, I got my eyes done for you. I am all in. Now let's go find Batgirl. Nightwing's like, I'm going to investigate alone so I can actively be effective. She's like, but we're a family. He's like, no, 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 no. Me, Robin, and Batgirl are a family. You're just Harley. And she sighs. So we see Poison Ivy. Her hair is like done up. She's on the Tawny show, that, that talk show lady. Ivy wants to talk about her socially conscious evil campaign, but Tony wants to talk about the statue and all this different stuff. Then she makes a, she's like, now let's throw some vines. And she makes Ivy make vines pop out of plants and stuff. And then Tony's like, the moment we've all been waiting for, statue cam. And you see like shot of the statue being chipped away or whatever. Harley's sitting backstage and then she sees Nightwing come out like the store across the hall. She's like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I was just leaving. Got all the evidence I need. He's like, have fun though, cheering for your new evil girlfriend. And she's like, you have fun not being invited to the green room and not getting unlimited tiny water bottles. Then Ivy comes out as Harley's like, oh, did you see me? She's like, a man gave me uh, uh, my favorite sandwich from my childhood. And Harley's like, I know we weren't going to do this, but uh, did one of the LOD villains kidnap Batgirl? And Ivy's like, okay, is that why you're here? You're not here to support me? She's like, I am so happy for you, but I'm also investigating the disappearance of my coworker. Ivy's like, you know I can't help you with that, so I'll tell you what I can help you with, which is swag bags. And Harley's like, Ivy, heroes can't accept payola? God. And she like walks out. Alicia is surprised to find Harley sleeping in, in uh, Babs' room with like the hyena. And she's wearing this nightgown. There's like a gun and it says Gotham Family Reunion 2014. 
So Harley says that, you know, Babs is missing. Then she laid down for a tiny, then she looks at the clock, eight hour nap? Alicia is like, wait, she hasn't come back yet? And Harley's like, listen, I need help. The only thing I found out from snooping is that she doesn't own a vibrator. And Alicia's like, explains a lot. And Harley's like, it makes sense. And Alicia's like, well, I didn't want to invade her privacy, but since you already ransacked her room, slept in her bed, and are wearing her Gordon Family Reunion 2014 shirt, let's look at her phone. So they, they see a, a charge of Jill's gun and ammo. And it's like twenty three ninety seven. She's like, Babs hates guns and ammos. Alicia's like, and it's all the way up in the mountains. Harley's like, a classic kidnapping spot. It's like, I have got to go save her. My swim team has to respect me after that. And Alicia's like, these swim team dynamics are insane. Harley's like, you should come with me. Please come with me. You know Babs so well. And Alicia's like, okay, but only because you're basically a cop now, and I don't want any brown people getting hurt. The Johns give Ivy some groundbreaking news. She's back in with almond milk. Another says that you know, it'd be great press before her book talk. She's like, I didn't write a book. They're like, oh, we wrote one for you. It's called Poison Thrive or Poison Thrivey or something like that from zero to hashtag girl boss hero. And so Ivy looks at it. She's like, you, you got, you already got blurbs from anti-monitor and Jonathan Franzen. I had, I had to look up who Jonathan Franzen was. And they're one of John's like, it's already number one on the Gotham times bestseller list. So get signing girl. So they hand her a book. This one's for Jason Lee. Give her another one. This one's for Jennifer Jason Lee. And this one's for Samuel Jennifer Jason Lee. I don't know who that is. If that's a real person. I didn't look it up. Her mentees come in. They're like, oh, sorry, but, you know, did you look at our new plan? And Ivy's, you know, she's busy signing. She's like, not yet. She's like, I got busy. So Volcana says that they were thinking that since, you know, she got big, that maybe, you know, their plan should get bigger too. And she's like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. And Volcana's like, you know, we could double the lava flow. You know, if I forced it into the ocean, we could create a whole new Gotham. And Tara's like, looks at, at Ivy. She's like, it's like talking to a rock. If rocks were poopy listeners with perfect complexions. And Ivy's like, you know, still signing. She's like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, good talk. You know, so they walk out. <laughs> Volcana like kind of flicks a little, you know, fire at this Ivy standee. Frank comes in. He's like, I'm back. And Ivy's like, great. She's like, I didn't realize you were gone. He's like, I was gone for three days. I was visiting my sick sister. She was either overwatered or underwatered. They're running tests. So one of the John's like, uh, would you want a book? And he's like, yeah, sure. Her name is Sally. And Ivy signs it, gives it to him. He's like, Zazzy? He's like, I don't have a sister named Zazzy. And the, the John's are like carrying, like escorting him out. He's like, what's going on with you? And she's like, uh, what's going on is I'm killing it. He's like, really? Because I barely recognize you anymore. And not just because of the incredible amounts of brow liner you're wearing. It's like, what is that? Like electrical tape? So Jim's bored sitting you know, by the desk. He sees the mentees. He's like, what's up, dudes? He's like, want to get drinks? First round's on you. He's like, he opens the door for him. He's like, I may be old, but I'm not old fashioned. I think women should pay. Tefe's like, we're not all women, dude. He's like, oh. He's like, I'm not sure how to course correct this conversation. Tara makes this thread about like smashing his face or something like that. Then Volcana like shoots a little flame at his crotch and his pants catch on fire. He's like, ah, he's like, he's like, my penis didn't even feel it. As they leave, then he makes a comment. He's like, okay. He's like, and I'm going to leave in my car that has not been repossessed and go into my house that I still live in. He locks the door and then he goes back to the desk, unrolls the sleeping bag, lays down. So he's, he's sleeping under the desk. 
Harley's, um, she's like ice skating with Ivy. Obviously, she's dreaming and all this stuff like that, talking about like, you know, Ivy's like, oh, you got surgery. Nightwing must be so happy or whatever. Then Alyssa's like screaming, Harley, wake up. Because she's like holding onto the steering wheel and like they're starting to skid and spin on the icy roads. They smash into a tree. So now they have to walk. The, oh, the hyenas were in the back, so she's got them on a leash. And Harley's like, we're so close to saving Babs. She's like, not stupid Dick Grayson, the worst teammate ever. You know, he wanted to swim the 200-meter butterfly alone. Because she's still acting like they're on a swim team. Alicia thinks that they should talk about her sleepwalking and how it almost killed them. She's like, I used to do it all the time before I came out. You know, I was spending so much energy repressing a part of myself. You know, could it be similar for you? And Harley's like, no, no, everyone knows I'm gay bones for Ivy. And Alicia's like, well, maybe repressing your villain side? Then these four people come running out from the trees, like in the path in front of them. They're like throwing snowballs. And she's like, is that Captain Cold? She's like, I can see at night. So there's a Captain Cold, this like robot, almost like a robot snowman. This other icicle, oh, I forgot his name. And then um, this other guy with like this cape, I forgot his name too. So Harley assumes that they took Babs and, and she starts running at them. She's like, where is she? And Captain Cold's like, who? It's like, we're just here for our annual cold boys trip and they're like eh. harley's like bs and she starts attacking she dodges you know cold he, he starts shooting at her with ice blast whatever and then she and the hyenas are like thrashing the the four guys the four bad guys then she you know she's like punching captain cold there's like blood flying from his face and alicia is like cheering him on then babs comes up with some wood she's like harley so it's like wait what is she doing there and gordon is in a legion of doom kitchenette he's like watching the statue cam on his phone he tries heating up a potato, but when he takes it out, it's like, oh, it's still cold. He's like, oh, and there's a hair on it. So he just, like, throws it away. But then the machine, like, flashes, and he's like, am I being pranked? He thinks it's the mentees or whatever, but there's, like, no one there because it's, like, still dark so early, whatever. Then he, um, he, he finds, he's like, oh, but now I got a second potato, even if you are pranking me or whatever. So I don't know if it was a cloning machine, but there was a hair on there. So it's like, but nothing ever came from that. Back at the cabin, Harley... She's like, well, can we still tell Dick that I saved you, you know, Babs? And she's like, well, it's, it's a, a better story than me coming up to rescue my mom, who was abandoned by my dad, and then my mom abandoned me to go to a party with the ice villains. And she holds up a sign, and that's where it says, what the ice, Dick, whatever. I was like, what? Oh, wait. I get it now. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think about it. getting ice dick. Don't wait up. Because I was like, dick's not even there. <laughs> Who's getting ice? <laughs> oh. So uh, Babs apologized to Alicia, you know, because she, she was in a hurry. She forgot her cell and then she got snowed in. Harley's like, wait, wait a minute. She's like, what about those charges at Jill's Guns and Ammo's? And Babs says that Jill's is the only grocery store like in, in up there and Harley talks about she's like well you know we saved the world and, and this, with the swim team or whatever like that and you know Babs like it'll take more than just fighting some Clegg B&B guest and a friendship bracelet to you know, become part of a family she's like just give it some time uh, at the, the Legion Doom the Johns are excited to usher in a revol revolution ivy or something like that they unveil the giant statue they pull like this cloth off it and, you know, she's kind of like kneeling or like squatting and doing whatever, this pose. And Ivy looks at it and she's like, I love it. She's like, I thought. And the John's like, stop the presses. Tom Cloiccio posted, Ivy statue is giving me life. How do I become part of socially conscious evil? Ivy, DM me. Come judge an elimination challenge. 
this is of mentees come up and you know through the crowd you know people are taking pictures whatever and you know ivy's just kind of posing so they they said that they went through with the plan but you know she wasn't there to see it and she's like oh yeah she's like how'd it go tara's like it was a disaster not the good kind tefe's like uh you know we could have used some guidance and she's like okay yeah but she's like because she says something that you're only three but what am i supposed to do about you know uh, 2.9999997 billion other people or whatever um, Babs and Harley are sitting outside by a fire having, cause, uh, Babs mentions that, that Jill's guns and ammo has like really good quiches. So she's eating this quiche, but she like bites into a bolt. There's like a bullet in the quiche or something like that. And you know, Harley's like freezing. She's the hyenas are like wrapped around her. And then she's like, look, there's Nightwing. He's like sitting in a tree and he's wearing my bracelet. He has, actually has a friendship bracelet on. But he's just kind of he's sitting kind of weird. And he kind of slumps over, falls on top of the fire, and puts it out. And then Babs and Harley just scream. So it's like, one, how did he get, why would he be up there? How did he get there? And why, why is he up in a tree? And why is he knocked out? And or is he dead? Because the way he landed and didn't look too good. I'm sure he's just knocked out. So that's, that's, that's it. So uh, it was a, it was an interesting episode. I was, I think I was really surprised to see Supergirl. You know, I wasn't expecting her to be an eye surgeon. And just the fact that she did LASIK surgery with her heat vision with her. <laughs> that, I think that that just really cracked me up. It's, and it, it's interesting how Ivy and, and Harley are like separate stories now because, you know, good and evil, they can't be together. So it's interesting how these are playing totally separate. But so we'll have to see what's going to happen. Uh, and I still know what's up with the sleepwalking thing. So I guess, you know, that's we'll find that out soon. All right. And now Twisted Metal, uh, maybe a couple episodes. Let's see. Season one, episode four, W-H-Z-D-A-R-E. So when I first saw this, I was like, wizard, wiz, you know, W-H-Z-D, wizard R, wizard R. I guess this would be who's there. I'm not an expert at license plate uh, abbreviations, apparently. So it starts off, John and Choir are driving, it's night. He swerves at the road and she yells at him. She's like, if you're tired, pull over. He's like, but I'm on a schedule. He's like, it'd also be easier if I'd have to drive in complete silence. And like, no one says anything. <laughs> then driving, driving. John's finally like, knock, knock. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm telling a joke. I say, knock, knock. You say, who's there? She's <laughs> quiet. It's like, so I should already know the joke before you tell it? That's idiotic. He's like, it's a classic joke structure with a little audience participation. I say something like, knock, knock. You say, who's there? I say something like, orange. And you say, orange who? Then I hit you with the punchline. <laughs> She's like, why the fudge am I talking to an orange? He's like, why are you making this so hard? Just say, who's there? Ready? Knock, knock. There's like a rumbling noise. She's like, did you hear that? He's like, yes, it's me knocking. Then there's more rumbling. He's like, wait, I hear it too. Hold on. Activating stealth mode. <laughs> he turns off, the, <laughs> turns off the headlights. Headlights is stealth mode. So they're driving in the dark. And she's looking. I was like, what are you doing? And then <laughs> bright lights come at him from behind. Like a big, huge semi. And John yells out, oh, poop. They have stealth mode too. So it turns out there's several trucks like surrounding them out there. They, they, they end up getting boxed in and she yells and she's like, shoot them. He's like, with what? The law stripped our Evelyn back down to factory settings. And she kind of like bumps something and this like hidden sawed off shotgun, like in a holster thing, like pops out like somewhere by her feet. He's like, oh, they must have missed that one. So she leans out the window to shoot. He's like, hey, don't don't waste those shots. I only have four. <laughs> And she like shoots the door. He's like, shooting a steel door? Smart. He's like, now I only have three. 
So the trucks, again, they like boxed them in like more or getting like, like tighter and tighter. Then the back of the truck in front of them, the, the, the back like flips down. So it's like, it makes a ramp. And then the truck behind them, like poof, bumps them, to force them like forward. And then as soon as they, they drive up, the, the, the ramp moves up and it seals them inside. So now they're in the gun. They're waiting. He grabs a shotgun from her. He's like, you'll get, get it back when you act mature enough to handle it. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, dad. <laughs> she actually blows a raspberry at him. And then some lady, so the closed caption calls her Watts. She, so she yells, she's like, come on out, milkman. We ain't going to hurt you. And John mutters, yeah, right, huh? He's like, fell for that before. And she looks at him. She's like, you have? So the super bright light turns on in front of them. They can't see. And then the closed caption says someone named Miranda is like, you know, if we wanted to, you'd be dead already. I swear in granny's steering wheel, no harm is going to come to you. We just, we want to flap lips. And he's like, I don't even know what that means. And quiet just like, like stares at him. He's like, but fine, we're coming out. So it turns out Miranda is, is Watts. So the closed caption, for some reason, calls her by her last name and calls her by her first name. Because I was like, because then when, when he comes out, Miranda's like, she's like, I'm sorry that we, we snatched you up the way we did, but I saw the placard on your rump and I was like, we got to talk. She's like, I'm Watts. It's like, I run these rigs. So I, I don't know why the closed caption like alternated between first and last name. And then he's like, John, you know, his name. He's like, this is quiet. She don't talk. And she's like, mother trucker, eat poop. And he's like, much. Because he, he was trying to figure, like, oh, if we can act like she doesn't talk, maybe they could do that to their advantage. But she's like, no. Then he starts uh, admiring some stuff on the walls. And she's, he's like, hey. And she's like, my blood missiles? He's like, honey, those are outside your weight class. And she starts looking at Evelyn. She's like, oh, she is a beaut. And Quiet kind of like rolls her eyes. And John like smiles like he's proud. And then she, she's like looking under the front, like uh, underneath the front of the car. Then she's like, did you install this limited slip differential yourself he's like sure did got it off of she's like it's backwards and quiet laughs he's like wow did you invite me here to insult me or to talk and she's like yeah it's not really me who wants a word and then into like a cb she's like lock it up the truck starts driving side by sides like these things extend out so it's like enclosed platforms you know first it's like two ramps go down and then there's like a wall structure that makes like a tunnel basically from truck to truck so it's like I don't know how this works. You have to hope that you're, you got a long stretch of land. I mean, I'm sure they'd know the layout. Anyways, so they're, they're walking. She's like, welcome to Convoy. And there's like this whole dining room area in one, one truck. And Watts is like, she says that their founders drove these trucks when the wall went up. They figured that they'd better keep moving than be, you know, than just sit around and be sitting ducks. And then she goes up to this chicken. It's like, no offense, little fella. And Quiet's like, that's not a duck. And she's like, yeah, it is. So I guess she doesn't know. And so Watts is like, and now our little family is around 30 rigs and, you know, all told. And she's like, they never stop. John asks, she's like, how do you refuel? And Watts is like, well, nothing goes waste, even our waste. And she's like, you see, we take our duties and we turn them into fuel. And they're like, yeah, we get it. So John's like, something tells me I don't want to taste your lemonade either. So she tells him that she has to ask them to stay here. She's like, you know, feel free to look around. And on her radio, she's like, I need a lift to a sleeper car. So they're looking around. Quiet goes up to this lady. She's at this table kind of making like metal prosthetics and stuff like that. And she asks Quiet. She's like, oh, how'd you lose yours? And she's like, metal shear, apple grinder. And she's like, oh, something worse. And, you know, she's like, oh, sorry. And Quiet's like, it's fine. And then, then uh, you know, 
she kind of the lady looks around her table and she finds something. She's like, oh, this ought to fit. So quiet's like, I I can't pay. And the lady's like, not looking for pay. Just think you could shine a bit more if you want. So quiet takes it, puts it on on her like chopped finger, and she's like, thanks. And she's like, just don't get it wet. I'm not sure what that means. I'll come back to that. So then John gets her attention because Watts returns with this older lady in a wheelchair. And she's like, ah, is someone there? And uh, she's like, I brought you to the milkman, Granny. Uh, She's like, I I get up and shake your hands, but my getaway sticks ain't what they used to be. John leans forward, like kind of in her face. He's like, Granny, your air tubes go to nowhere. And because she's got like oxygen, like oxygen thing around her nose. And she like looks at John. Well, poop. So she takes off the oxygen tube thing, whatever. I thought I had you. She's like, listen, milkman. I know I don't look it, but my insides look like a seven-car pileup. I need you to go pick up some medicine for me. He's like, you want me to make a run for free? He's like, you're up to your button drivers. Ask one of them. Can't afford to lose any of them. Watt says that the, the last milkman never came back. And the roads are rough these days with vulture, lawmen, and holy men. And he's like, look, I don't have time for scenic detours. I have a very important delivery, and I got a long way still to go. So Granny's like, I heard your ride is as naked as a baby on his birthday. You ain't going to get far. You can't defend yourself. You do this run for me, I'll saddle you up with all the upgrades we can supply. We will weld on some guns right now. Get the rest when you get back. And she like spits in her hand. Deal? He's like, only if I get one of those red missile things. And, and Watts is like, mm-mm. She's like, my blood missiles, they ain't for sale. And then Granny whispers, like, you can have one. And she's like, what, Granny? Come on. And John's like, three. And Granny's like, two. And Quiet's like, 20. <laughs> Watts and Granny both say zero. And John just like glares at Quiet. And he spits in his hands. He's like, okay, one it is. He's like, pickup is at our pharmacist. I'll write you up some directions. He's like, and uh, then Watts is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't tell me that he's gonna, going to see her. And Granny's like, where'd you think he was going? Then to John, she's like, Watts and a pharmacist had a bit of a falling out. And she's like, falling out? It's like, no, I pushed her out of a truck. Honey, go well something. And she mutters. She's like, I'm going to well some guns on your fudging Subaru. So Quiet grabs John's vest. And she's like, what about Topeka? And he's like, did you miss the fact that a semi swallowed us up like a fudging whale? The only way I'm making it to Chicago is if Evelyn is armed to the teeth. Right now, she's just gums. So chill. I'll be back tomorrow. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, I'm coming with you. He's like, like hell you are. This is milkman business and you're not a milkman. She like scoffs. She's like, you die out there. I'm stuck here with a horn dog granny. Cause she had this book with like all these like drawings, like sexual positions in like a truck cab that she drew herself, drew and colored. It's very detailed. So he's like, look, I'm not going to die. I give you my word. She's like, I'm coming with you. He's like, fine. And he like storms off. Then he comes right back. I don't know how to get out of here. So it's daytime. They're driving. John's like reading the directions. Three clicks past the oak of eight branches. It's like, what are these? Directions to a pharmacist or to a hidden treasure? It's like, why couldn't she just say turn left? There's silence. He's like, so what do you think happened between Watts and the pharmacist? And she's like, don't know, don't care. It's like, oh, cool. Then he's like, see, you got a new finger to go with your robotic personality. <laughs> and she does kind of like some robot moves and she finishes like with her robot middle fingers, like flipping him off. Then he slows down. There's this dude tied upside down, like on a crucifix on the side of the road with like a got milk bumper sticker over his mouth. Then he keeps driving. He's like, I bet that was those holy men guys. And she's like, oh, you think? Then, then she, you know, it's like bad way to go. 
and he scoffs. He's like, I've seen worse. De-skinned by butchers, crushed to death by monster trucks. That's plural. He's like, I knew a milkman that fell asleep on an anthill. Those little poops ate him alive from the inside out. She's like, sounds like milkmen don't live long. He's like, we don't. You know, when I joined up to be a milkman, I was skin and bones. You could play my ribcage like a xylophone. He's like, I joined up to survive. I make my run. I kill some vultures. I do whatever I have to to see another sunrise. You know what they told me when they gave me the milkman ID? And she's like, why would I know that? I wasn't there. He's like, you're messing up the story. He's like, they told me milkmen don't die old. But if I deliver this package to New San Francisco, I might be the first. They hear like some bells tolling. And he's like, holy men. It's like, good thing they sound far away. Let's haul ass. So they arrive at this big house, like almost like a plantation house or whatever. And they get out and John knocks on the door. He's like, hello. And then uh, he knocks again. <laughs> so then the closed captions. So someone named Amber comes out off the side of the, out of the, the patio or the, the porch. She's like, salutations. It scares like John. He's like, ah. And quiet got like startled too. So we see a lady with a tray. She has like iced tea or something like that. He's like, um, hi, we're here on behalf of the convoy. And Quiet's like, you're the pharmacist? And she's like, no, I'm Amber. Tea? And there's like some like plant stuff that she cut this morning. She says she just put it in there or whatever. And, and she's like to Quiet, she's like, you look thirsty. And Quiet's like, I am. She takes it, she like chugs a glass. And you know, John takes some, drinks some too. So she's like, so you have refreshments and I have questions. And then Quiet throws up. He's like, Quiet, what the fuck? And then John throws up. And Amber's like, Oh, save your strength. You won't be able to move for a little while. I'll be done by then. <laughs> and she's like putting on like gloves. So now they're like sitting up, like against like one of the porch like posts. He's like, I knew this pickup was a bad idea. And he's like, Quiet, get my gun. And she like kind of leans over his gun's like sitting there. And she throws up on a gun, but also on her finger. So her finger got wet, and there's like no mention of this. So then Amber's like, so why did you kill the convoy's milkman? He's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, mm, mm, mm. He's like, I didn't. I I'm a replacement. You can check my milkman placard. She, she cuts like a, a piece of a plant. And then she's like holding up. She says what it is, whatever. And she's like, it's like licking a live wire or taking an acid shower or going into cardiac arrest. And she's like, I wonder what it, it'll feel like for you. And she touches John's like, like wrist with it. And he like screams out in pain. And like when she, you know, she holds it for a while and when she removes it, his arm's like all red and irritated, like all these bumps. So she thinks that he's a holy man doing bad things. And she, she's like, thankfully, you know, I believe in recycling. And we see like, like a chopped hand and other like body parts and like flower pots around there, uh, like on her patio or porch. And, um, She's about, about to like snip something, but then quiet mumbles, Granny, she's sick. And she's like, okay. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's true. The medicine's for her. She's like, you don't believe me? You can look in my pocket right there. And he like tried, he's like pointing with his tongue. He's like, I can't. And he's like, <laughs> so she reads a note. Then she gets up, snips another plant like behind her, tells John to open, shoves it in. And she like moves his chin. She's like, chew. And she's in a, in a bit. She's like, yeah, after they've recovered her, she's like, sorry, I thought you were holy men. It's like, they're in a pilgrimage and they're everywhere and you know she she's tied up some plants and like flowers whatever like that she's like so here is the medicine granny requested but are you sure she wanted this and she snips this like purple like flower it's like it has no medicinal purpose and john's like well it's on the list so maybe granny just likes flowers it's like i never gave these to her and she like tucks it in with the rest and then john can't resist asking like is it true someone threw you out of a moving truck and quiet like hits him in the shoulder and she's like, 
Only because I poisoned her first, and she giggles. It's like, Watson and I have disagreements. You know, plants need space to spread their roots. She couldn't make room for me, so I found a place where I could have all the space I needed here alone. And she gives a bundle of John. Give my love to Granny. They start walking back to the car. Then you hear, like, the bells ringing again. Quiet's like, we can take them. He, like, thinks about it, and he's like, nah. So it's turning to dusk. It's like now they're driving back. And then we can see like there's several cars like way back behind them. And then they like turn off somewhere. Quite like, where are we going? He's like, they've been behind us for 50 miles and they're getting closer. He's like, we got to get off the road. So they drive into, I guess it was a movie theater because it's like they're in the lobby. You see like some different like movie posters and standees. And they're like standing by the door, you know, they close the doors. And it was like double doors. And then all these like the holy men convoy drives past. And you hear like hooting, hollering and stuff like that. And John's like, I think we're good for tonight. So then they go into one of the theaters. John, you know, comments. He's like, oh, it's a solid recliner. It's like plenty of leg room. He's like, we can definitely sleep here. So then, you know, quiet sits, you know, in the seat next to him. She like stares up at the screen. John's like, wait here. He gets up. He goes, you can hear him call down. He's like, good news. They have an absolute classic in here. So he uh, comes back. You know, the, the, the movie starts up. It's Blank Man with Damon Wayans. And then, you know, it starts up. And she's like, is this a silent movie? So I guess the speakers, the sound system's not working for whatever reason. Then John looks at her. He starts like saying some of the lines and she stares at him. He's like, I'm pretty sure I remember what happens. So then later another scene, Robin Givens is like on the back of a motorcycle with a blank man with Damon Wayans. And then Quiet makes up a line. And then they start going back and forth, like just saying stuff. And then she's asked if he does this a lot. He's like, well, only when I'm waiting for a storm to pass or in between runs. He's like, I'll check out a flick. He's like, I like the action ones. Feels good to watch someone else get shot at for once, you know? He's like, you like the movies? And she's like, mm, we weren't allowed to watch them. And then she chuckles. He's like, what? Let me in on a joke. And she's like, okay. One time my brother snuck us into a theater when no one was looking. He's like, rebel. He's like, how was it? She's like, the movie? He's like, I don't remember. It was two cowboys fighting a mechanical spider. He's like, love that. I think it was, that's Wild Wild West, right? With Will Smith. I don't remember who, who was the other cowboy. Anyways, she's like, all he remembers how my, hard my brother laughed. He had a great laugh. Sounded like, like a, a chainsaw. And she's like, ha, ha, or whatever. John's like, he sounds annoying. And she's like, he was. He was so annoying. He was so annoying. And then, then she's like, it was, it was so cold in the theater. He let me wear his jacket. He never let me wear it. And now it's all I got. So then John like stares at her. She's like, what? He's like, Oh, nothing. It's just the first time we've talked without a mother trucker or fudge you slipping in there. And she's like, fudge you, mother trucker. He's like, that's better. And then on the screen, she's like, who's this guy? He's like, oh, this is the best part. They continue making up lines and stuff like that. So then later, quiet's asleep. She wakes up. John's gone. And she goes out in the lobby. She finds him at his sink, shirtless. And, you know, she's like staring at his back. And she clears her throat. <clears> throat> after a moment and then he's he's like oh they have running water so i figured laundry day he puts his shirt back on then she sees that he's washing her brother's jacket she's like stop he's like what what's wrong she's like i didn't ask you to do that he she's like didn't you hear what i said last night he's like yes you said it was all you had so i tried to clean it i was trying to do something nice she grabs it and she's like you washed it there's nothing left there's none of him left i didn't even get to say goodbye but i had this and she walks off and john you can tell he looks really bad he's like look I'm no bloodyologist, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't just your brother's blood on it. And she just gets into like the, the passenger seat of the car and like slams the door. Then to himself, he's like, oh, this is going to be a fun ride back. So just when they were like bonding, connecting, he tries doing something nice, but yeah. 
And then back on a convoy, then he goes quiet. He's like, you're still not talking to me? And then Watt's like, hey, let me guess. Amber poisoned you. What'd she use? She used pink or purple. And quiet's like, the yellow. And she's like, oh, that, that really sucks. And then she says, like, thanks for making a run. John says that, you know, he sure did. Um, she wants to give that to, to Granny so she can live a long and horny life. And Watts is like, this won't save Granny. It's like, nothing will. This is to make Granny more comfortable as she passes on. So then we see Granny, she's drinking some stuff. And there's like a flower and she's sitting in like her BMW. And she's like, ha, this tastes like pee even with a flower in it. And John's like, I thought we were helping you. And she's like, nope, I got one gas pedal in a grave. Ain't nothing going to help me now. Quiet's like, I don't understand. You're just going to give up? And she's like, kid, you and I both know that most people in this world, they don't have the luxury of going quietly. Everybody else goes loud. Car crashes, gunfire. I heard about one unlucky SOB got swallowed up by ants. And Quiet looks at John. He gives her like a I told you so look. She's like, this way I get to go on my own terms and I get to do something rare. I get to say goodbye to the people I love. She's like, milkman, you gave me a gift. You will be paid in full. And in the quiet, and she's like, and for you, she gives her, her the, the, the book with the sexual positions and the, the truck cabs that she drew. Then she's like, now scram. And she calls over Watts. She's like, I am the last of the old timers. You're taking the wheel now, Watts. So let me give you a nickel's worth of free advice. The only thing more precious than gas, food, porno, water is time. Time with the people you care about. And you know, she gives Watts like the, the flower. She's like, don't let some dumb BS take that time away from you. And Watts, yeah, she's just crying. So then a little bit short laugh. So uh, Granny's dead. She's sitting in her, in her car. Watts is, you know, giving a eulogy. She's like on a, you know, radio. And then they blah, 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 all the stuff. They open up the back of the trailer. They push the, the BMW out onto the road. And it just like rolls out and then just like stops there. And John says, quiet. And he's like, I guess that's it. Maybe we should just leave. And you see Watts fiddling with like something. And then, she had a remote for, there's like a bomb in the car. Everyone's like, starts cheering. So then shortly after, there's like, people are drinking and dancing. Uh, then, you know, John like sees uh, Quiet, try smiling, waving to her, and she just like turns away. So Watts had finished welding, uh, doing welding on Evelyn. She looks at the flower, and then she has three pressed and glass frames, like under blueprints in a car. And she, you know, pulls up the tarp. There's like the, the race car on, on, underneath. And then sitting in a car, she calls Amber on CB. Watts says, she's like, I didn't think I'd hear your voice again. Amber's like, I didn't think you wanted to. Then she says, you know, sorry about granny. John walks in, you know, he's, I don't know why he's going to check on something. And Watts is saying that, you know, she's sorry too, but more sorry that she pushed Amber away. And Amber says that she's like, oh, I missed you too. So John, you know, backs out of there to give them privacy. Then John goes up, up to quiet. He's like, I brought you a whiskey and tang. And she's like, turns around. He's like, so about the jacket, um, I mean, I thought, I, I mean, I heard what you said. I wasn't thinking. She's like, get to the point. He's like, I'm sorry. And she gives like a big nod. And then he moves stand next to her. They look at the people dancing. Then he's like, you ever think about staying? I mean, the convoy is exactly what you and your brother were looking for. Safe, secure, it's a city, just with wheels instead of walls. And then, you know, then she sees like a cop uniform. And so I was like, wait, did she take it? So it was probably at the gift shop at, at the dam. And she's like, maybe if things were different. And she's like, how about you? He's like, they offered, not gonna lie. It sounded cushy, but I'd still be a milkman. I don't, I don't want that. I wanna get old, die an uneventful death. 
and she scoffs. She's like, there's no such thing. So then you're driving, you see like one missile, like on the center of, of top of his car. She takes off the jacket. She's like, maybe if you'd stop blasting the heat, you'd stop falling asleep. He's like, I, I don't like to drive cold. And then as she takes off her jacket, like a piece of plant falls out of the pocket, like a flower. And she like looks at John and she picks it up before he sees it. And then she like tucks it away. Then he like looks at her and he turns the heat to like the middle as like a compromise. So then they're, then they're, they're driving for a bit. He's like, hey, quiet, knock, knock. And she's like, who's there? He smiles, end of the episode. So then episode, season one, episode five, C-R-Z-S-R-D-S, Chris, it's supposed to be crossroads, right? Cross, yeah. The car's pulled over, Evelyn's pulled over, quiets. She's like, you know, it'd be great if you could warn me if you're in a drift like that. Cause she's like, I slammed my, my head against the window. And he, he's like, I said, hang on. And she's like, you say that all the time. Hang on, I'm taking a curve. Hang on, it's a speed bump. She's like, it's become meaningless. And he's, he's like, well, I should be mad at you. He's like, the reason we got robbed was because you needed to take a pee break again. And she yells, she's like, well, you had to go too. You sounded like a broken fire hydrant back there. And he's like, ha, you were listening. She's like, it was so loud. I bet that vulture heard you from three states away. So then they walk over to the other, up with the road a little bit. There's this overturned car and there's like a body sticking out. So he's like dead. Then, then she's like, what do you take anyways? So John reaches in, finds like this basket. He's like, found it. And she gets mad. She's like, you almost got us killed for a bunch of stupid CDs. Because it's like his, his CD collection. He's like, stupid CDs? I've been building this collection for a decade. I have more memories in here than I do in here. And he points to his head. He's like, and I'll have you know, good music is worth its weight in gold nowadays. So then he goes through to the dead driver's basket. He's like, let's see what other CDs he has. He's like, DMX? Got that. Dave Matthew Band? pass like it was out of the case he just like flings it off the side of the road then he's like hmm he's like i've never seen this one before and she's like uh it's pretty good i, I mean you'll hate it at first but it grows on you especially track two he's like track two you know the tracks <laughs> and she's like what like, no shut up then and he's like should i toss it and she's like no no i i mean keep it or not i was like i don't care whatever it was a uh, hansen track two's mbop then so there's a sign that says Topeka three miles away. She like points out. She's like, it's, you know, Topeka's not that far. She's like, I can walk the rest of the way. You know, if you leave now, you can probably make it to New Chicago by nightfall. And he's like, a milkman's job is never done till his package is safely delivered to its final destination. And and I'm sure your brother would have wanted that. He's like, besides, you think I'd come this far not to see the fabled Topeka for myself? And she's like, fine. If, if you're dead set on it, how about one for the road? And she takes out. There's like two bottles in in the the back of the the guy's car it's like some brimbles it's probably like wine cooler or something like that so they're sitting there and leaning against car and she's like doing target practice she throws like her hatchet and it sticks in like the overturned car's tire he throws his knife it like bounces off he like hits the the the, the frame the, the well the wheel the rim she's he hits a rim and it like bounces off and, and she's like you're too close you have to follow through and she like kind of extends her arm you know show him how he's like that's what i'm doing and he tries again bounce off the rim again she laughs and then she takes one of two bottles and she hands it to him. She's like, to the end of our road together, they clink. And then she like just casually tosses the hatch again. He's like barely looking at sticks. He's like, now you're just showing off. And then um, the music, you, you hear like Mbop playing. Then all of a sudden, it starts like slowing down. And he like pulls something from his lip. There's like, like a piece of flour. And he falls back on the hood of his car and then like rolls off 
And she finally, you know, she's still sitting there. She finally turns, looks at him. She's like, sorry, John, I can't have you coming with me. And then she's like, sweet dreams. And she starts walking down the road and he's just laying there. So in Topeka, Stone is sitting behind his big desk in his office. Uh, he has like a word of the day calendar and he's, so the word is lo loquacious. And he like, he says like a sentence using it. A couple people knock on the door, he tells them to come in. So it's Jamie and Carl. And he asks, how's the search going? So Jamie, she's like, we haven't found a map maker yet, but we think we're close. And Stone's like, no, I was talking about the milkman and the four-fingered girl. And she's like, well, there's been no sign of them. And Carl kind of whispers. He's like, if they pop up, we'll be ready. He's like, pop up? Hmm. He like repeats and stands up out of his seat. And so he's like, these you know, two outlaws ripped through the biggest outpost and they killed his second command. He's he beat his brains in. And he's like, and you're waiting for them to pop up. So he's like getting angry. He's like, they defied the law and they defied me. He's like, now get out there and look for them harder than if you're checking your lover for body lice. And Carl's like, uh, that's actually my sister, sir. We have the same. He's like, I know what a sister is. Because that's what Quiet's brother said to them. He's like, I want their bodies hung from the rotunda by this weekend. He's like, it'll be good you know, entertainment for everyone. And they're like, she's like, yes, sir, whatever. He's like, okay, now fudge off. Then we see Sweet Tooth. He's driving by a sign for Hoover Dam exit, half a mile. And he's like singing his own lyrics of Frere Jaca. He gets to the gate. And there's, a, there's one guy there. He's like, well, you look like a man who values top shelf entertainment. Want to see a show? The guy's like, I don't care about your show. I need to see your ORL now. My ORL? ORL what? And he's like, I'll bring you in. And he like growls. I think I'll bring myself in. He like shoves like this like cylinder bomb or like grenade in his mouth. He's like, he says, oh, I really enjoyed the conversation, but let's pull a pin in it. And he like pulls a pin from the bomb. And he's like, that grenade is very sensitive. He's like, I hope we have you know, friends inside who appreciate the arts. And he drives through, smashes through the barrier. The, the guard screams, the grenade falls from his mouth, push, blows up. Sweet Tooth is just laughing as he's driving. So then we see John still lying on the ground and then someone with like gnarled bare feet comes up to him, like taps him on the chest and it starts dragging him away. I'm like, oh my gosh, the back of his head is gonna get all scraped up because it's just dragging. I'm like, ouch. So we, then we see two officers are, are peeing on the side of the road, like side by side. I'm like, that's really weird. One asks the other, he's like, did you, did you hear how, how they found Shepard? And the guy's like, he killed himself, right? That, that poop's messed up. But it turns out they're actually peeing on a guy with his hands like zip tied behind his back. And so he's like, like in a curl up in a ball on the ground. So then the, the first guy, he's like, no, I heard a new recruit found him half naked, hand on his pecker head busted to poop with a sexy schoolgirl comic next to him. The other guy's like, that's the most fantastic thing I ever heard. So Shepard was a sex pervert? I mean, kind I kind of see it. And, and then uh, it looks, then we see the guy that they peed on. It looks like he was shot in the back of the head. So it's just like, nice. He's like, this is supposed to be the law. So then they get in their car to eat lunch. The first one complains like, oh man, he's like, ham again? The other one's like, I'll eat that poop. He's like, what kind of sides do you have? He's like, hey, don't you worry about my sides. And they're talking about like peanuts or whatever. And then you see Quiet is hiding in the back seat. Somehow they don't see her. Cause it's not even like, they're like two separate seats. It's not like a full on, whatever. And she's like kind of ducks back down. So then several officers we see are armed, you know, they're with assault rifles or standing outside this building. A radio tells them that a patrol vehicle is approaching the outer gate. They just let the SUV in without really checking because it's like the two officers. Then like outside, uh, there's an outside shot of the SUV driving and then you hear like, whoosh, 
And then the car starts like swerving on the road. And then like number two, the second guy, his head like smashes through to like the side window. Then they both get kind of like tossed out of the, the road on the side or out of the car on the side of the road, not even being hidden. And, and number one's body's like now shirtless. So she killed him, takes the guy's shirt. Um, but then when she drives away, she did drive a little off the road, like on some grass, but it's like the, someone's gonna see the two bodies laying there. So she's driving through the town. It's like kind of suburbs. There's lots of officers with like guns, like rifles, whatever. And she sees a body tied to a post with like a sign around his neck on a chain. It's like, obey the law, pick up after your pet. And there's a dog. I think the dog is still alive on a leash, like wrapped around his wrist. And then, um, Quiet's brother loud like his ghost or she's like seeing obviously it's in her head so her ghost brother's like dang this place is messed up who do that to dog separating a dog from his best friend it's kind of like like you and me I mean you are my best friend not not that I'm calling you a dog or nothing he's like but you know you can be mean like a you know like like a bitch and you're ripping throats out and he's like is that why we're here he's like you're gonna rip some throats he's like nah I think you're gonna end up just like me and you know, she doesn't say anything because she'd be talking herself. It'd be weird. At the Hoover Dam, we're in the, the red line waiting room. The intercom's like, now serving C-42. It turns out Stu is there. The, the guard that helped John and, and Quiet that got hit by the trunk that didn't make it out. He has C-43 on his hand. So it was like one more. One of the two guards in the room's like, time's almost up, traitor. He's like, don't worry. Something tells me you'll fall fast. And he like laughs and he high fives the other officer. Stu sarcastically like, <laughs> like last two. He's like, weight doesn't equate to health or something like that. He's like, second, objects fall at the same speed, regardless of mass. Everyone knows that, except for you, dip poops. And then the guy punches him in the side. He's like, you're actually talking about terminal velocity, which doesn't apply. And if you take into account air friction, then this officer comes in, like shuts the door behind her and dude's like, what is it? Then a voice from the other side's like, machete. And it's like stabs her through the door. So then the, the jerky officer's dude, he like yelps, he like gets down, the, the door gets pushed down. Hi, everybody. And you know, he's, he's like crawling away now, the, the jerky guy. The other guy, officer starts shooting at Sweet Tooth, but he picked up the female officer using her, her body as, as a shield. Then he throws the body at him. Then he yells, he's like, I hate cops. And another comes at him from behind. He kind of like spins around, decapitates him, and he catches the head as it falls. Stu's kind of like cringing back in his chair. And Sweet Tooth's like, end scene. And then he looks at the people like sitting in the waiting room. So did you like it or what? Several people stand up, start applauding. He's like, oh, wow, applause. He's like, thank you. Stu gets up too and claps. He's like, I I've never seen anyone cut off a human head and catch it as good as that. Sweet Tooth gives him like a thumbs up. So we see John is still passed out, knocked out. He starts waking up. So the guy who grabbed him is starting to rub like cooking, shortening on, on his chest, like Crisco or whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, oh, what brought you here, young man? And he's like talking to himself because in a higher pitch, he's like, oh, I just want to get out of the scene. And he's like, yeah, Topeka's going to the docks. And John is like lying on a blanket on the, on the side of the road next to the dead body from the other driver, the other car, right close to his car. And John whispers like, you nasty mother trucker. And the guy like turns around because like he kind of hurts him. But then John like, you know, puts his, his head down and like fakes like he's still out. So the dudes, now we finally see him. He's wearing kind of like swim trunks or like Speedo, like something with like a gas mask over his crotch and, and like nothing else. He walks over to John, kind of chuckling. He gets down, kind of hovering over him. Like he's like in his face. And John uses opportunity to somehow 
grabbed the dude's knife from a sheath at his side. He's got his eyes, his head down, his eyes closed. Somehow he grabs it. The, this dude is like, down the zipper, yippee. He unzips John's fly. Then he's like, can I keep you? John opens his eyes and, and lifts his head. And it's like, scares the dude. He's like, oh, poop, it's alive. And John's like, where's the girl? He's like, I didn't see no girl. I just saw you laying out here all dead, like practically begging for it. Maybe I'll just put you back to sleep. He like reaches for his knife, he discovers it's gone. And John's like, you looking for this? And the guy's like, oh, poop, ah! John throws it <laughs> and misses by a mile. He's like, you missed. And he laughs and John's like, poop. And then the dude picks up the knife, comes at John. Nah, 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 nah. And John like charges at him, tackles him. Somehow the guy got the, his blade, like it stabbed him in his left eye. And John's like, guess that worked. He's like, quiet. He's like calling out. He zips up his, his, his pants and like goes to his car, sees a note under or a piece of paper, like under the wiper blade. He opens it up. It's color drawing of, from the granny's horny book, whatever. Then he turns it over. It's like, dear John, but it's J-O-N. He's like, what kind of psychopath spells John without an H? So then you hear like a quiet doing voiceover and she's like, sorry for poisoning you. Hope I didn't accidentally kill you, but I had to save your life. <laughs> the truth is Topeka isn't what I said it was. It's Stone's headquarters. Killing Shepard wasn't enough. Oh, by the way, I killed Shepard at the dam. He, he was jerking off. It was a whole thing. And John's like, didn't need that detail. And the note continues, at least you didn't have to see it. He kind of like nods. She's like, now that we're here, guy got to make sure Stone pays for what he did. And John's like, I would have helped you if you just told me. The note continues, I would have told you, but this isn't your fight. Don't follow me. Finish your delivery and live your new life. Be the first milkman without an expiration date. Good luck. He's like, that's actually pretty sweet. And then it continues, and go fudge yourself. And it's like, sign her name. He's like, of course. He's like, I guess that's it then. Jello quiet, you know, whatever the hell your name was. And Topeka, Ghost Loud's like, dude, what do you think you're, they're going to do when they catch you? They're going to kill you. And there's like several armed officers like all over the streets. He's like, you know, they always said that you were the smart one. But man, I don't know. If this was my idea, you'd call me a goose brain dunder fudge. And she's like, oh my God, will you shut the hell up? And he's like, ha, like that works. I thought you knew your brother better than that. She's like, you're not my brother. You're just my imagination. He's like, you got a fudged up imagination. You gave me the bullet hole and everything. And he's like, looking in the rear view mirror. He's like, is this how you really remember me? And then he's like, ah, dope. He's like, but imagine me like two feet taller and ripped, but, but not like, like too swole, just enough to show definition. And then she's like, she admits, she's like, I, I missed this, you know, whatever. He's like saying, I mean, being dead is a total buzzkill. You know, at least you have the milkman. And she's like, oh, John was a giant pain in my crack. He's like, dude, I'm literally inside your brain. And I know that's not what you really think. I mean, I know that you've seen him with his shirt off. Nice back, huh? Like, she doesn't say anything. He's like, what? God forbid you feel anything other than explosive rage for a second. She's like, you died five days ago. The rage is hard to ignore. Then she's like caught off guard. She slows down. There's a statue of stone. And there's a plaque that's like Agent Stone, a man of the law who birthed a new world order. Ghost Loud's like, it's a dumb statue, forget it. She said, forget it, they think he's a fudging hero. He's like, who gives a fudge what they think? Then Jamie walks up, officer, your vehicle is assigned to patrol duty. Why are you idling? So Ghost Loud's like, like, you have to say something. He's like, being silent here, get you killed. So then Quiet puts like a smile. She's like, oh, I was just admiring our boss, ma'am. And Jamie like nods and then she sees Quiet's like metal finger. So Quiet like moves, moves it down, like off the window ledge. And she's like, I don't uh, recognize your face, officer. Are you new? 
and and she's like unholsters like her her gun like this the snap the strap whatever the snap and the quiet's like transferred recently and and you see her she's moving her foot closer to the gas pedal and then she sees carl like up in front coming out you know jamie's brother so then ghost allows like she's out to you you know, you, know she, you gotta leave now so she guns it carl drives dives out of the way and jamie like shoots several times and the like, curses Meanwhile, at the dam, Sweet Tooth is walking with like four people behind him. There's like this classical music playing and there's like several dead bodies all over the floor. And then Stu's like behind you know, his hands on his head. He's like, oh my gosh, like what, what am I doing? What's going on? And then the one jerky officer comes at him and like shoves him down on the ground. He's like, you're not getting out of here alive, you fudging traitor. Then he moves like to hit him or stab him or do something. But then Stu like shuts his eye and then whoosh, there's like blood splattered all over his face. Sweet Tooth's like, need a hand? And then Stu opens his eyes. And he's like, oh, I found this one lying around. You'll have to get your own. Because he was holding like a severed hand. So Stu gets up, thanks him. He's like, ah, oh, don't mention it. I really enjoy my work. Hey, hold this. He holds out the machete. And he like tucks the hand like under like one of the straps like on his chest. He's like, I'm going to be back for that. And then he's like, hmm, boop. And he like, boops him on the nose. He's like, so uh, what's your name? He's like, Stu. Stu? I like the mouthfeel of that. Stu. He's like, I'm Sweet Tooth. He wipes his uh, hand, extends it for like a handshake. And Stu's like, uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Uh, Tooth. He's like, firm grip you got there, Stu. Bet you have a lot of fun with that. He's like, you know, Stu, I got a feeling you and I are kindred spirits. He's like, uh, you think we're a lot alike? You bet I do. And Stu's like, uh, in what, what way? I mean, you're a big guy. I'm a big guy. Your name starts with S. My name starts with S. The S brothers. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Something catch your peepers, Stuber? And he's like, yeah. And we see Mike, his friend that came with him that kind of like turned his back on him. He's like hiding behind some boxes behind Sweet Tooth. And he kind of gives, gives uh, Stu like a pleading look. He's like, I found Mike and Ike's and takes out a box of Mike and Ike's from his pocket. He just happens to have them. And he's like, you want some? And Sweet Tooth's like, oh, yucky. I'm, I'm a Skittles guy. And then Stu, you know, Sweet Tooth starts walking. Stu looks back at Mike and he looks down. He sees like a big wet stain in his crotch spreading. And Stu just like shakes his head because he just peed his pants. John's driving, thinks back to quiet, like laughing in the theater, smiling as she throws the keys to him in Vegas, you know, at the convoy party. Then, then he, <laughs> I just spit. He drives by this uh, billboard, it's like dream home. And there's like this couple looks just like them. <laughs> uh, very similar. And then he's thinking about New San Francisco, you know, walking the street with, uh, what was her name, Raven? Uh, uh, what's her name? And uh, then being in like the big living room, eating like the good food, marveling over, <laughs> then he's like in the bathroom, like looking at, extending out a big, like two or three ply toilet paper. Then he ro- wraps it, go, starts, wraps it around his hand, goes to wipe, like with his a big smile on his face and he wipes his eyes, like roll back. It's like <laughs> too, too much information. Then he takes out a CD. He's like, let's haul ass, Evelyn. Make up some time. There's a sign that says Chicago, 540 miles. And he takes the exit. I was like, he's going to turn around, right? He's going to go to Topeka. No, he takes the exit. He's, he's going to Chicago. Stone is getting his shoe polished in his office. And they're like talking about like uh, fishing lures because the other guy's like, uh, he says he, he caught five something on one lure is the best day of his life. And Stone's like, uh, the best day of my life will be when I complete my collection of state quarters. He's like, the world went to poop before I could find Idaho. He's like, but I'll get there. The union will be complete. Then the guy's like, finished. And then Stone's like, 
I think the spot's still there, Cliff. And Cliff like chuckles, and then he sees Stone's face is like dead serious. And he's like, oh, there it is. Then Jamie radios Stone saying they have a 146A, a woman with a missing finger, sir. And he's like, what about the milkman? And, she, and he's like, she's, or she's, Jamie says, she's alone. We have two patrol cars on her tail. And Carl like leans over. He's like, don't worry, we'll bring you her teeth. And he's like, oh, Carl. He's like, no, do not engage. And he like looks up at it to his file cabinet. He sees like the bloody teddy bear from when he was, went to the restaurant when he was young. And the, I, I don't know why he would keep that. Uh, he's like, it's time I made an example of her myself. So in the SUV, Ghost Loud, her brother, Ghost Loud, Loud, <laughs> sounds weird, says that he's like, you're caught. You need to bail. And she's like, I, I can't leave until Stone is dead. He's like, the only one that's dead is you if you don't leave. He's like, when, when I died, I gave you a second chance. Don't throw it away. And she like looks at him. And then she's like, you're right. And then she starts flooring it. And Ghost Loud's like, yeah. He's like, come on. I knew you, you could do it. And then Stone's voice comes on the radio, car 22. And she slams on the brakes, like right by the exit gate. And he's like, come in, please. And he's like, what happened to your loquacious boyfriend? <laughs> that was from his word of the day calendar. He's like, did he bite the dust? He's like, I have people in position to kill you right now, but I think I'm going to give you a choice. Although, you remember how that went last time? You can run, in which case we'll hunt you down like a dog. Or you and I can get together and have a little chat. Turn around and we can finally settle this one-on-one. -on -one. Ghost Loud's like, sis, you don't have to do this. She looks in the rearview mirror. She's like, shut up. She turns the SVV around and it sounds like, ha ha. He's like, good. My men will show you the way. I look forward to seeing you. So he must be tracking the car somehow. Sweet Tooth just puts some stuff in the back of his truck. Stu hands him a machete. He's like, oh, you remembered. Thanks, Stuby. He's like, so where are you off to now that you're a free man? And Stu's like, honestly, he's like, uh, not sure. It's like after Seattle, my friend and I were looking for a place of our own, like a Shangri-La. But, you know, when, when I got here, he threw me under the bus. Oh, I've done that before. Crunch. And he's like, oh, never no friend. I'm not a monster. And Stu's like, uh, listen, uh, what you did today saving me like that, it's uh, the first time in a while anyone's had my back. So uh, thanks. He's like, well, hell, I mean, you're a reject. I'm a reject. We got to look out for each other. I mean, you are about to head out into a dangerous world where there are two types of people, those who kill and those who get killed. I know you're no wolf, but there's going to come a time when you're going to need to bite. And even puppies have fangs, Stu. And he's like, that sort of thing is hard for me, I guess. I'm, I'm sure I'll figure it out. Oh, well, I, I mean, maybe you could, I, uh, I don't know, but uh, tag along with me and I could help you find your fangs. And Stu like thinks about it and he's like, yeah, you know what? What the hell? You mean it? Yeah, get in there. Ah, the S brothers gonna paint the town red. And then he's about to get in the front seat. He tells Stu, he's like, no, you have to sit, bitch. He's like, Harold's got shotgun. And he's like, oh, sorry. So then Stu's like, where are we off to next? He's like, I'm not really sure. I mean, it felt so freeing, ripping into those law a-holes and the applause. Nobody ever cheered for me like that in Vegas. And Stu takes like a rolled sheet that he must have grabbed. He's like, you know, if you want to chase that feeling, there are outposts like this all up and down these routes all, and all through the Midwest. Each one of them is filled with captives, just like me, waiting to get set free. You save them and boom, you have fans for life. And he turns, there's like eight people standing behind them, you know, who like followed him to trucks. He's like, fans for life? 
He's like, oh, I like the sound of that. He like laughs, and then they all laugh. He's like, oh, I don't, um, I don't really have room for all you guys, so huh, maybe it's your carpool. There's like a car behind them. Quiet's approaching, and someone tells him, and he's like, fall back. She's mine. And so she's reached this amusement park. So then someone's like, welcome to Thrills and Spills Park. I came here every weekend growing up. He's like, and he's like, talking about like some stuff. And he's like, you know what my favorite was? The Midway, because I love games, don't you? And she sees like, now there's like this kind of road and she sees there's a squad car like at the other end. And he's like, gotcha. She guns it and you know starts shooting because the SV has guns like mounted on the side. But then bam, she gets slammed from the side. And so there's no one in the car that she was shooting at. Her car spins, stone like radios, peekaboo. And she's, you know, he drives, skids, you know, so he's facing her again, flips a rocket switch, say goodbye. She like backs up and then cuts the wheel. Stone's rocket flies at her, but perfectly timed, goes through both back windows without doing any damage. She drives past him, like flips him off with her metal middle finger. Stone curses. Then he she's driving. Then he cuts through, smashes through some stuff. He's like, where do you think you're going? And cuts her off. He flips her off in return. And he's like, miss me, mute. So I guess he thinks that she can't talk. Then he's like shooting at her from behind. And again, it doesn't look like it's doing any damage. She keeps driving. Then he flips the switch, shoots another missile. Bam! It connects the back and it kind of flips up a little bit. Then the SV is like, and lands on a, on a driver's side, like skids a little bit. And Stone, like, he's sitting in his car and he, like, applauds. And then Quiet starts climbing out the windshield. It's like, I'll bust it up. And Stone is, like, surprised. And he, like, he mutters, like, WTF. He puts his car in gear, starts shooting, driving towards her, shooting. And he's, like, getting close. And then, boom, he gets hit with a missile from behind. And then what's playing? Mbop is playing. John gets out. And she like looks up at him and she's like, you look pissed. He's like, damn right I'm pissed. I only had one of those. She's like, I told you not to come. And when have I ever listened to you? She like groans and chuckles as she's like trying to get up. And he's like, come on, we got to go. And then poof, she falls back down. He's like, quiet, quiet. And he's like, no, no, quiet, come on. He like lifts her up in her arms. He's like, trying to just like shake her awake. And he lifts her up in her arms. He's like, quiet. And the episode. So I'm sure she'll be fine. He's going to have to put her in the car. But the bigger question is, what happened to Agent Stone? Because, I mean, the car blew up. I don't know what kind of missile. We didn't see the full explosion. It could just be the back end blew up and maybe maybe gets gets a little singed. But uh, that could be the end of Stone. I feel like, since that's only five episodes, I feel like it, it, he's still going to be around. So, we'll see. Okay, and now the movie feature is Blue Beetle. So, uh... <sighs> Okay, so this movie, I wanted to do well. I, I, you know, I, I really wanted to do well. I haven't looked. I should look at what, like box office, like predictions or whatever, how how it's doing. It's um, the the reason I wanted to do well is because it's uh, you know, we, we have a, a Latino main character, Latino superhero. We don't really have any Latino superheroes. Miles Morales, half does he? You know, that kind of counts, but. I think it's just, it's really important. I've said this before. While for me personally, it's not like a major, you know, issue, but I, I do think that it's important for the Latino community, for other, you know, minorities, ethnicities, whatever, to see that there are, are people like them. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's such a, a important thing. And, you know, if you think about like the way, you know, what brown skin people are, you know, 
often, if, if you look at the how they're depicted, it's always the same thing. They're always in gangs. They're always doing this or that and getting into trouble. You know, there it feels like there's not uh, an immense amount of of positive, you know, characters, role models, you know, people that they can look at. And I'm, I'm sure there are. I know I'm totally like, you know, maybe, you know, focus, hyper-focusing or whatever. But as, as term, you know, with, with how there's so much like, superhero stuff and you know everyone's talking about superhero fatigue whatever but if you look at all the characters there aren't that many and even in the comics you know the, usually whenever i think about like who who's or who are the latino superheroes i just think about like living light living lightning from west coast avengers like way back and i can't even remember that guy's name so you know there are some you know here and there but i i think it's important that we have you know something positive that the latino community can can have to represent and to look up to and, and just say, hey, you know, this is something, this is like us. And the other thing, my concern with this is, it's just everyone involved with the movie, you know, because we have the writer's strike and the actor's strike, you know, they, they can't promote the movie. You know, none of the cast can, can promote this. They had the premiere. The director was there and, you know, he, he commended, he applauded the cast for taking a stance and an important, you know, issue. I, I know I've talked about this so much, but, if if there is like so much money to be made, why is it all going to the CEOs? You know, why is it going to you know so just such a few amount? You know, so much is going to so few when it could be spread out. And yes, these people make the big decisions. They decide you know let's do this, let's do that. Let's, you know, you're they're talking when you're talking this this movie. The budget was uh, like 125 million, which doesn't seem like a whole lot for a superhero movie. When you're looking at, hey, we're going to invest 125 million on this. That that's a big decision. You know, I wouldn't want to play with that kind of money. I wouldn't say, yeah, sure, let's do this, because then with that, you know, you need to make sure the right people are involved. But then I wonder, it's like, how involved are they really? You know, when you look at DC, you know, because when it comes to like, okay, here's this project, you know, maybe they, they do the final approval because, you know, you have to figure out who's going to direct it. Okay. Then, then who are we going to try to, how does it even work? You, you're going to say, okay, we're going to make this movie, but then they have to do casting. They, they have to get approval for the budget before they can do casting calls. Cause it's not like, Hey, we're going to, um, I forgot how you say his name. Sholo, Sholo Maduena, you know, we're, we're going to get, you know, whatever, we're going to get George Lopez in this movie. Are we going to have the money to pay him? And because, you know, it wouldn't really make sense to offer to audition. And then you're like, oh, you know what? Sorry, we're not going to be able to make it. So I don't know how the whole thing works. But, you know, decisions have to be made. But that doesn't mean you should get paid that disgustingly high amount of money. So I want this movie to do well. I want everyone involved to get what they deserve. Because if, you know, the movie would not, all those names that you see at the end of the, of the, in the credits, the movie wouldn't have been possible without all those people. All those people had had an important part. Even if you're talking about like the caterers, uh, you know, anyone involved, wardrobe, you know, all this stuff. And I'm not trying to diminish anything. Everything is important. You know, they all played an important role to this movie. So why shouldn't people get what they deserve? And, you know, when you're getting these, <laughs> this isn't what we're here to talk about, right? So we're here to talk about Blue Beetle. So I want this to do well. And the thing is, I really enjoyed it. I I had so much fun seeing this movie, and you know I'm not the biggest Blue Beetle fan. Uh, you know when Jaime Reyes first came out, I I don't even remember like where he first debuted, 
But, you know, I wasn't like the biggest, you know, Blue Beetle fan. I like Ted Cord to an extent, you know, Ted Cord and, and Booster Gold. You know, I could appreciate appreciate them. Like Justice League International, that was a little before my time. So I couldn't like fully appreciate, you know, how how wacky and goofy and just like fun and entertaining it was. But, you know, I've, I've read stories with them over the years and, and I, I really dig the characters. And I, I do like the Ted Cord character. And I, I think there's there's something about him, you know, just his whole motivation, all that. And then you have Jaime, who is like a totally different thing. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like your typical here's a, t- a teenage kid getting these powers, you know, stumbling upon them, thrusted upon them, whatever, and then just figure out how to become a teenager. But with this movie, he's not so much, uh, you know, he's he's not necessarily your teenager. So I, I, I forget how, I thought he was younger in, in the comics. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was. He's, um, what we see him, you know, he, he's just finished college. You know, he's pre-law. So he's obviously, you know, a little older than I originally thought, which which is good because, you know, when you put that much responsibility on on a, a kid, you know, there's there's a lot and for them to deal with, and and also, you know, kids need to be kids. You know, they should have that time. We're we're introduced to the, the character. You know, we, it, in some ways, the movie kind of has like a, a fast pace. You know, things like move along, which is good in a, in a way because you know it's it's a two hour movie, but you don't want to sit there and have you know have to watch every little little beat you know play out. So it's it's kind of good how it, it pops up. You know, uh, Jaime returns home after being in college. He he finds out things aren't going so well. You know, we got uh, Cord Industry is doing a lot of a lot of like, questionable things. And, you know, things aren't really going so well with the family, you know, financially things aren't going so well. They didn't want to tell Jaime because they wanted him to focus on school. You know, he's the first raise that's, you know, that graduated college. So, you know, you have all that. And that's one of the things that was really nice about this movie is you get like a super strong sense of family. That's something that we don't really see a whole lot in, in the superhero movies. You can say, oh, you got, you know, Ant-Man, you got Scott and, and Cassie, or you got Peter and Aunt May, but you don't really get this whole, like, just this vibe, just this whole, you know, support, community, you know, not community, but I mean, there is there is even someone on the community, like, where they're living, but it, it's, there's just like a strong sense of how important, you know, family is, and and the, Jaime's dad, man, I, oh, he was such a great guy. You know the, the the portrayal that they 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 showed him, and it makes me just like I want to see more. It's like I, Jaime's dad is is so he's just like calm and he's hardworking, and you know talks about the struggles that he did. You know moving to the country and tr- bringing you know his brother over, and you know just making sure that all of them. You know he's like you know, and he has like you know the, the father son talk. You know it's like you know you got to find your purpose in life, and, and he's like I still haven't found mine, but I know my purpose. I'm gonna get emotional now. It's like my 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 purpose is to be here with you you know in this moment and so you know there's there's a lot of touching moments and you just see that they do care about each other and that's something that i feel like we don't get a lot because most of these movies are always like flashbang cgi you know fight and, and stuff like that so you know if, if i were to sum it up that the movie does have it does have a lot of action it does have a lot of humor and it, it fits you know it's not like forced like too over the top the, the humor makes it fun there, there's a lot of, of emotion. There's a, there's just a lot of just character building. Like, who are these characters? So you really, you know, like I said, you know, Jaime Ray is not, you know, my my top favorite character of anything, but you really 
grow to care about this character. Like, who is he? And, you know, he's like brought, brought to life. And I have to say, uh, Sholo, if that's how you say it, you know, I sometimes on Cobra Kai, his character Miguel gets a little annoying when I was like, oh, Miguel's going to be in this movie. It's like, okay, I'm going to support it, but it's Miguel. And sometimes he he was great in this. And I, I, I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. And just like all the characters that, that we have here. And even like George Lopez, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't necessarily the biggest George Lopez fan. You know, I, I watched a couple episodes here or there. It, it was all right. But I just, for whatever reason, I just never watched it. But his, his character, his character was, was great here. You know, he's, he questions a lot. You know, he's, he, I wouldn't necessarily call him a conspiracy, you know, whatever. But, you know, he's, he's very paranoid. And, and uh, he, it, would, it would be great to see, you know, more of him as well. Then we have uh, Brunia. Mas Ma, Marquezine, who plays, I don't know if it's a spoiler. She plays Jenny Cord, so she's a um, Ted's Ted Cord's daughter, and and I, I I think she was she was really cool, and you know she she played an important role. And then you know let's let's cut to to the villain, you know, because Jaime, you know, there's he's Jaime's got his mom, he's got his sister, he's got his nana. You know, they're all all fantastic, they're all important, you know, and they're not just like secondary characters, you know, they all have important roles to play in the, this the story and in the movie. Um, as far as the villain, for one, we have an OMAC, a one man army corps. I guess I didn't look too far into because I don't want to be spoiled by, by plot and stuff like that. I didn't realize they're going to OMAC route, which makes sense. It fits the way you know it's being used. And then we have our villain, which I didn't realize who she was. You know, same from from the the, the one trailer, the two trailers I've seen. You know, we have Susan Sarandon, and she seems like oh that typical evil businesswoman. You know that that scare may have chosen you, but it belongs to me. You know, she's just all like evil corporate, and you know she doesn't care where it came from. She put the money in to, to find it, so it's hers. It's like it isn't that doesn't make it yours. So with Susan Sarandon. I, I, you know, she's, she's an amazing actor. I didn't love her in this. If, if anything, this is probably the one thing that I wasn't super crazy about. At first, I was going to say uh, Raul Max Trujillo, who, who plays the, the bodyguard working for her. At first, I wasn't super crazy about him because it's like he just did a lot of grunting or whatever. But he, he kind of evolved or whatever. You know, we got to see more of him and his motivation. So, you know, I, I could appreciate him more. But... Susan Sarandon as as Victoria uh, Cord, she seemed to like cliche. You know, your your cliched villain with like no scruples, like just just pure, pure, unadulterated, whatever, unfiltered evil. And it's just like total. I mean, I I mean, I guess when you have characters like Lex Luthor, I mean, she she would give Lex Luthor a run for his money. I mean, she. And, and there, you do see a, a LexCorp building in the background, like behind a court, court industry building, which I, I thought was a nice touch. And, um, but yeah, I mean, she, so I, I guess that's the thing, you know, when you have your villain, you're not supposed to like the villain. The villain is supposed to be evil. They're supposed to be bad. You're not supposed to care for them. You know, who, who really roots for the villain? I mean, I always, I always think that's weird when, you know, that you don't root for the villains. You're not supposed to like the villains. I didn't like her, but I, I do feel like sometimes some of her dialogue came off as a little cheesy and some of her actions just seemed a little too extreme. 
you know, like, would that really, and, and maybe, see, I would hate to think, and we were talking about all like the evil CEOs or whatever, like, wait, you know, let's, let's wait the strikeout until, you know, these people run out of money and then they'll, you know, break and then they'll want to, you know, accept whatever we offer them. Kind of, not maybe not quite to that level, but I, I would, would really like to think that there wouldn't be people quite as evil as Victoria Cord was, but then again, you never know. So I would say if if I had to if I had to complain about anything in the movie, I would be about her character. I just think she was a bit much sometimes, but that's the driving force of the movie. Because if you don't have a villain, if you don't have any obstacles, you don't have any threats, any then you know you don't have much of a movie. But I, I think I, I just I really enjoyed it, and this is one you know I I would definitely watch this again like soon, even like uh, the Shazam Power to Gods. I did enjoy that. I would, I'm not like gung ho to watch it again. Now that it's getting further apart, I might you know would uh, would consider it right away. But with uh, Blue Beetle, I would actually watch it like sooner than you know. Like if, if I, I would watch it again tomorrow, you know, if I, if I had access to it, I don't want to necessarily go and pay to see it again, you know, cause there's so many other things that to pay or, you know, just to see, but I would definitely, you know, if it was streaming or, you know, if it was out on uh, Blu-ray, you know, I, I think this is a movie that I may actually buy because I, I just, I, I thought it was, it was really good. It was entertaining and it had a lot. And I just, I would, I really hope that we do get a sequel. I, I think that there's a lot of potential here. And, you know, they do kind of set some things up. I mean, I, I would love to, to see more of that. And I don't know where this new DCU is headed, you know, what we're going to get when we get Superman Legacy or whatever, you know, because there are mentions of, you know, like Batman and Superman and stuff like that. So I hope we get more because that, that would be really, really cool to see. So I definitely think that you should see this movie. And on that note, that is going to be the podcast for the week. So big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And, you know, I just did an off my mind last week about Superman's secret identity. Is he lying by not telling people? Um, I already mentioned I'm going to be doing um, John or John Romita, Stan Lee, Amazing Spider-Man uh, with Craven Hunter. So uh, it, it's been a while. I guess he's only, this is like his third appearance maybe. So you can hear about that and we'll see what's going to happen in the coming weeks. Um, and if there's anything you want to hear about, let me know. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to uh, coffee.com slash heck. You can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. It's ko-fi.com slash G-Man from heck. What is going to happen next week? Um, I'm going to try to survive going back to teaching. Just And it's not that I'm, you know, I'm not really concerned about it or anything, but it's just getting into, you know, the, the, the time commitment, you know, especially over summer. Summer is great, but, you know, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the kids again. So this week, I think the movie feature is going to be Gran Turismo. I'm pretty sure... That's coming out. I think that's yeah. That's out in the twenty fifth. So I know they did a, a preview already, and I didn't I missed a preview, and I saw something else or whatever. So I'm pretty sure that's coming out Friday. Um, Ahsoka, as I, I mentioned, is coming out, 
And then um, there'll probably be another My Adventure with Superman. I don't think there's going to be two. There's just one. Um, Harley Quinn. Probably do at least two more Twisted Metals. I might do... So here's the other thing. The Chosen One. Chosen One um, started last Thursday on Netflix. It's six episodes. And I I don't know why I held up four fingers. I said six episodes. I'm holding four. Um, Not four. Six episodes. This is based off American Jesus comic by Mark Miller and Peter Gross, I think. Uh, I started last night i started watching the first episode was like really late so i only got 15 minutes in um so we'll we'll see if if i how much i can watch of that to cover that um and and maybe it'll be not as an in-depth coverage just like overall we'll we'll see um and I, i think that'll be plenty for for next week i hope you are doing well if you are going back to school in any ways, I hope you are ready. I hope you have a great time. Uh, I hope you have f- f- a fun time. I hope you get everything, all the classes or teachers or whatever you want. If you are just going back to work, I hope you <laughs> have great customers or great bosses or business meetings or whatever you're doing. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are happy and content. Hope you're taking care of yourself. And I hope you remember to be good to each other.